you are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Sid, and Ender Phoenix. Welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 597. I'm your host, Ricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready. It's time to start looking for those ugly Christmas sweaters. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Look, everyone looks forward to Halloween. Everyone looks forward to and preps for Christmas. Everyone just kind of like goes through the motions on Thanksgiving and eats, but like it happens in the moment and then once it's done, it's done. He brings the awesome. He's also another man that likes to put up his Christmas tree early. It's I yield to no one. Nope. No. You're wrong. Oh, no, it's your brother. Yes. Sorry, I confused. Oop, government oh. name. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Edit mark uh, one minute, 52 seconds. That, that, I think that's close to our record. <laughs> well, to be fair, y- your brother does display his name. So. They, I, I'm sure people can put two or two together. That's that that that's his choice. Yes. Yield no Christmas trees, but how are you doing, sir? Well, I'm here. And he's the man that keeps the fires burning in the embers. It's Matt. You know, I actually found a site, Alex, called Anime Ape that has a whole bunch of gaming related ugly sweaters, and I found a Monster Hunter one, so I think I know what I'm picking up this year. Yeah, I saw <clears throat> uh, the. Um... A few Power Rangers ones, uh, Dragon Sword one, which if you don't know by now, I love the Dragon Sword. Dragon Sword's fucking amazing. Uh, but I also saw one where instead of uh, the Lord has come, it says the Zord has come, and it's the Megazord posing with the sword. And I'm like, man, I don't have any ugly, ugly Christmas sweaters, but I'm about to spend the money on one this year. I'll tell you that much. You know, that's what you should do. Instead of reinvesting in PSN Plus, just go buy an ugly Christmas sweater. You'll be happier. That's not cool. What what do you mean? What's not cool? It's not cool. Ugly sweaters are not that good. Uh, you can have so much fun in them. What are you gonna do on PSN? Look around for a game to not play. <coughs> you know what? I was gonna play. Tricky, you had no retort to that. No, because I was I was gonna be nice and play this for you. Oh, 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 hit the wrong button. Hold on. Oh, now I gotta watch an ad. Damn it. Or, oh, or. Oh. Or you could say Sony's PlayStation 5 launch titles. Or not launch yeah, titles, but release titles. That's one of the things that, one of the many aspects that I enjoy about Matt giving us the cliff notes on the articles is it is you don't have, you can just read his cliff notes and an article or an ad will not pop up while Tricky's trying to read the article, completely confounding and confusing and befuddling him to the yeah. point where he has to stop the show dead in its tracks because he can't do uh, it. Uh, Alex here. That's your ring from the sea. Everyone, look. That, that's Come your in. that's your ringtone when you call me. Yeah, I know it's the Dragon Sword flute call. And unfortunately, with you know Tommy Oliver gone, we may never hear it ever again. You push him, except in our hearts. Put some respect on his name, Jason David Frank. You just mispronounced his Jason name, Jason David Frank. 
There you That's go. That's what I said. Tommy Oliver. Tommy, not Tommy Oliver is the greatest Power Ranger to ever live, and I won't hear any nonsense. I, I'm not it. arguing with you. I'm just saying, put respect on the name. Oh, how how is that being disrespectful? I don't know. You just want to argue. You just. Want I to just argue. want to argue. All right. Well, you know what? I, I'm I'm going to step away from the argument because my groceries just got delivered. Um. So. I have to go put those away. Oh, so always while we're recording. No, 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 no. I scheduled this from between three and five. It's now seven ten. Okay, they're two hours late. All right. Okay, so they're late. All right, I'll I'll give you a bye. This ain't on me. So while we're doing this, uh, why don't you guys take over the show for a second and tell us what we're playing? We'll start with Matt. I guess trophy counts don't fucking matter. I guess not. We've only done we've only done five hundred and ninety seven. Well, no, 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 no. I was gonna do I was gonna do I was gonna do the reverses. I got frozen stuff. I can't go through a trophy count. I'm doing the reverse. I'm do, I'm, I'm pulling I'm pulling Go take Thank care you. of your food. Jesus Christ. I hate you all. Worst audible quarterback ever. <laughs> Gotta make it all the way from the box into the freezer. I'm sorry. You know, if you're red gonna call, if you, the if red you're baron doesn't the Red Baron yeah, doesn't like require that much effort. Come on. I'm actually happy you said Red Baron because that's the exact type of pizza we get. If if you're going to call an audible, you got to give a signal to the rest of the team so that way they know not to run with the normal play. I don't know. The the audibles, I mean, if if his audibles are as good as the Rangers audibles, you know, that's oh, not going to be a good season. Zing. I know hockey doesn't have an audible, so somebody's going to give me shit about that. I'm not a sports person, folks. I don't care. It was funny anyway. I liked it. <laughs> Mainly because it was a zinger on the Rangers. Yeah, it was a zinger on the Rangers. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. So on the on the website that I'm using, I saw those two exact wet sweaters, Alex, uh, the two, the Dragon Zord and what is it? What did it say? The Zord has come. Uh, yeah. Joy to the world. The Zord has come. It, they also have each of the original Rangers colors. They have a full team sweater. Uh, they have the original Insignia, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. They've got a very Christmassy one that's all red and blue with all the different masks. But like I said, I'm probably going to be getting the Monster Hunter one. They're about 54 bucks a piece. Yeah, which I mean, well, I didn't look at the shipping either, but I mean, 54 bucks. I mean, licensing. You know, hoodies, warm weather gear or cold weather gear is usually a bit pricey. So, but for once a year and maybe something I could wear to work and bring joy to the, to the, uh, the hearts and minds to all of our, my customers at work, uh, $50, $54 is a small price to pay. They've also got a bunch of other theme ones. They have an anime one from Full Metal Alchemist that I don't want to talk about, uh, for fear of, you know, depressing everybody who knows on that show. <sighs> Anyways, so should I go into what I've been playing so that way Tricky can do his? Uh... Oh, he's back. Yeah, well, okay. okay, he's back. No, no. So, yeah. the, the, I got an email, or text message saying it was delivered, and then immediately after that, I got a message saying I marked delivered, but I'm still ten minutes away from the driver. That's because he wanted to make sure he marked delivered. He was just shy of some delivery right. quota that he didn't want to lose out on. So I will have to take off again. Uh, what did I miss? Let's do trophies then. I am level 800, uh, trophy level 896 with uh, total trophies of 29,493. Went 819 platinums. I got two this week. Uh, one, one we could talk about when we 
Don't have to talk about it. Alex. I am level 498 with a charge of 9,531 and a platinum count of 163 in 162 games. Yield. Newly minted 503 with a trophy count of 9,864 and a new platinum total of 177. Yeah, I saw your platinum. We'll get into that what we're playing. It's an impressive platinum. One night, one I'm a little jealous of. Matt? To steal Yield's term. Newly minted 219. That's right, folks. I finally went up one level. Wow. 1,289 trophies still on zero plats. Okay. So before we read its uh, trophies, um, I'm going to say, Matt, the Spider Man 2 Platinum is very doable. Yeah. I asked the question. You never answered. It's, it, it is very doable. D- did you even enjoy the game with how fast you platted that? Uh, well, okay, to be fair, it took me four days to do it. And, but a majority of that time was on Extra Life. So I did play Spider-Man 2 for like 14 hours on Extra Life. So that did take up a good chunk of the story. Uh, but yeah, it's very doable. And I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to see you get it. Be your first Platinum. Yeah, probably won't. But I'm, I'm going to call Tross out in a minute, though. Just... uh. But Sid is level 817 with total trophies of 25,953 with 817 Platinums. All right. So did anybody talk about what they're playing or were you guys just BSing why I was gone? We talked about we ugly, ugly Christmas sweaters. Oh. So we weren't BSing. We were talking very important business. Okay. So before we get into what we're playing, I'm calling Tross out because Tross has been trying his best to get me to play Alan Wake 2. Trying his best. To the point where he was almost willing to game share with me, uh, which would have made uh, me have to not game share with Sid for a while. Um, but he decided not to because he said he got to a certain point in the game, Alex, that he wants to talk to somebody about. And I was going to suggest you, but I don't know if you've gotten that far. Um, because he said it is the best moment in gaming ever. Um, I don't. Well, I would have to have some clues as to. I'm pretty. I mean, I'm I'm decently far into the game, but I'm not like towards the end or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, we obviously don't want to have spoilers on the show, but I would have to know obviously what he was talking about to be able to. Well, that's why I didn't tell him to contact you because I didn't want him to spoil it for you. Also, um, he tells me he's the biggest Spider-Man fan and that Spider-Man Two is the best uh, superhero game of all time, and he was very pr- proud of his platinum. And I'm just gonna call him out for a second, saying if you're a big Spider fan, Spider-Man fan. Why don't you have the plats in any of the other games? Hmm? Because I do. I have I have a platinum in every Spider-Man game ever released for the four or the five. So three? Four. Five. Five platinums. Oh, are you counting the remastered and Yeah. The Spider-Man four. The, uh Spider So three. Five, no, four of them. Three. Actually five platinums. I got I do not recognize playing the same exact game twice, whether even if Sony does. Well, too bad you're not on the trophy council because we've already ruled on this. We have. Yes, it's part of the Bill of Rights that we never ratified. <laughs> oh well, th- well then it's not real. Do you have a charter? Yes, we have a charter. We have a charter. We have a. a- I did not see that document in my onboarding packet. It's uh, it's actually in the uh, Dropbox, so you could Google it at any time, sir. 
It's under Word documents. I know you, you have access to it, so. I feel like the transparency on this group has not been the best. We, well, to be fair, we kind of have to update the Bill of Rights now because some of the terminology and wording is probably a little outdated uh, considering the way gaming has shifted. Uh, but yeah, that's I'm calling Tross out. Tross, if you're a real Spider-Man fan, you'd go get the Platinum in all the games. Not just the, the, the latest one. He's going to hate me when he sees this. Or when he hears this. All right, so let's get into what we're playing. Matt, uh, I was going to start with you. I'm still going to start with you. What have you been playing, sir? Spider-Man 2, obviously. I've been taking my sweet time with that game. I am really enjoying how much it uh, it expands on what the first did. Uh, I, I don't want to Google it because I don't want to know. But I am wondering what the level cap is because I have been earning skill points left and right. And I think I'm one skill away from maxing out the joint Spider-Man tree, which is fun. So, yeah, last I checked, I'm about 60% through the game, at least from the story campaign perspective. So I'll probably finish that up in the next three weeks, I think. Do you, do you want to know what the level cap is? Uh, no, I'll experience it. Okay. Then I also bought two games on my VR headset, one of which is a game called Ziggy's Not-So-Cosmic Adventure. You play a bounty hunter who gets a ship, and you have to, you're basically fight backing, fighting back against the Empire. And to do so, you have to manage your ship, and everything on the ship has a battery that you need to maintain. And as you use it, whether it's life support, guns, shields, everything, you have to put in a fresh battery. And you can charge the batteries. And you do that by charging this little glob thing called uh, Ziggy. And you put him in this machine. You put the battery in. It sucks the life force out of the Ziggy and puts it in the battery. If you don't uh, feed Ziggy, he could die. And if he dies, you have to eject him from your ship. Otherwise, it poisons the entire atmosphere. So the fun part is, is as you're flying about, stuff starts breaking or getting depowered. So you have to turn around, manage batteries, flip switches, turn stuff on and off. Because if you're not active in battle, you don't want your shields draining. So you flip that off to make sure that you maintain that battery. And it involves using all of the typical things that a VR game does. You know, you have full 360 degree field. And then you, you know, press the button to eject the battery, put it in the charging station, put a fresh one in. And it, it's just it's a neat little game. It was 20 bucks. They say it's about five to six hours to complete uh, from a full run perspective. And you can go back for multiple runs because you could di- take different paths through different planetary alignments based on how you perform at each level you know like there was one thing i had to do where i had to destroy a ship before it got away otherwise it would warn the empire i was coming well i didn't do that so it limited the options of where i could jump to for my next spaceport and it's just it's a fun little game and then i was also playing power washing simulator vr which just released recently just to see what it's like, you know, I played a little bit of it on the PC and it's a lot of fun, 
But the nice thing I was talking with V today is in the actual game, you can turn the nozzle to make your power washing nozzle go horizontal or vertical. And in the main flat screen game, that's a button. And you just press a button and you turn it turns the nozzle. But the nice thing about in VR is as opposed to having to press a button, all you do is you just literally turn your hand and you swipe the way you need to swipe. So the uh haven't played a lot of that, but it's just it's a neat little way to play the game, a different angle to view it. And it's just been a lot of fun. And there's co-op in it, which is fun because if you have somebody else who has it, you can actually, uh, you know, go in and do cleaning together. I know I, I think uh, Stylin' on your bro from the uh, community is big into simulator games. So maybe something that he's interested in. Other than that, that's basically what I've been playing. Uh, Alex, I think you are next. Yeah, so pretty much just more of Alan Wake 2 for me. Uh, And anyone who played, you know, the remaster when it was released a couple years ago and is kind of like, didn't like the controls. I mean, even I, who played the game originally, um, was not a huge fan of the controls. Kind of clunky. They, uh, this game was obviously developed with current generation in mind, so the controls are a lot better. Like, I I like the controls quite a bit. Um, They're... It's if you had, like I said, if you had issues with the the ones previously playing Alan playing Alan Wake, try this game because the control like the, the controls aren't an issue. They're you know modern day. They feel nice. They're reactive. They're responsive. So that is a big improvement over you know the Alan Wake remaster itself. And um, yeah, just uh, I don't know if I'm gonna catch shit for this. Um, I have been enjoying the game. But I will say that gameplay-wise, I have a lot of respect for Remedy because their gameplay is always pretty rock solid. Uh, no complaints on that front, but when it comes to their stories, I think they dive a little too deep. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's just me, but the, the, the just the sprawl of those stories, like it feels like it's far more complicated than it actually needs to be. Um, control, I hate the story in Control. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was convoluted. I thought it was hard to follow. I thought it was just way overdone. Um, and then the game ended with a flat thud. Alan Wake 2 doesn't have quite the same issue. Um, the story is easier to follow and it's not quite as, uh, it's not quite as bad as Control was, but I still feel like it's more convoluted than it needs to be. And I'm not even just talking about like finding the manuscript pages and reading everything. I'm talking about like just taking in all the story, talking to characters and all that. It feels like they kind of go around in more circles than they need to to get to where they're actually trying to go. So that is one of my big things against Remedy is when it comes to storytelling, they're always a little bit more pretentious than I would like them to be. I kind of want them to get to where they're going faster. But again, it's it's their their story, so you know they can – I'm here for the ride, but I do wish there are some times when I'm playing, it's like I'm ready to be done playing the game. It's just like I want to finish this fucking chapter, and it just goes on and on. I'm like, oh my god, come on. Um, But like I said, gameplay overall is rock solid. I do think that, you know, I talked about last week how the shooting the guns feels like it has weight to it because, it like, you know, the enemies fly back. They flip over, you know, not like ragdoll style, but like you can see the force of the guns in the way the enemies react. And like, you know... There's not uh, this game being a lot about puzzle solving and not quite so much about combat. Don't get me wrong. There's quite a bit of combat, but you don't 
aren't uh, just always running through the woods, constantly encountered by the, the Taken. The uh, the the combat scenarios feel a little bit more judicious. So when you do fight something, it's not. Um, it feels a little bit more impactful or meaningful, if that makes any sense. You know, there's not as many enemies, it seems, in this game, but the enemies feel more impactful because they are more difficult to take down and just when you fight something, it's, it's more meaningful. Um, uh, specifically, I mean, there are boss fights in the game. Um, they also they do also feel um, more impactful. There's a little bit more presentation to them, a little more uh, flair to them. Um and just kind of seeing where story-wise, one of the things that I will say about the story is uh, seeing how some of the characters in the first game, how they ended up in this game, gets a little dark. Um, not, obviously, with a horror story that we're in here, not always a happy ending. Um, but it is nice to see, like, 13 years later, characters carried over and seeing their stories continued even, like I said, even though they uh, they don't always have a happy ending. But I... You know, despite my issues with Remedy's storytelling being a little bit overboard, I do think that Alan Wake 2 is a very good game. It's an improvement on the first game. Like I said, you've got a lot more investigation mechanics because you are playing as an FBI agent. It is actually more fun for me to play as Saga Anderson than it is to play as Alan Wake. Not saying Alan's not fun to play as, but Saga's a little bit... um, Her story thus far for me is a little bit more fleshed out. I'd say I'm probably halfway, a little more through the game. It feels like her, her, what you're going through with her is more fleshed out than than Alan Wake's is. So um, I'm enjoying her part of the story a little bit more, having more fun playing as her. But I mean, you know, overall, uh, a good game, a great way to build on the first Alan Wake. Um, And yeah, I don't really have much else I can say there. Is it a game of the year contender for me? Again, I don't know. At some points, you know, I'm playing the game and I feel like I should like the game more than I do. Again, I I enjoy playing the game, but uh, I feel like I'm not as head over heels for the game as everybody else's. Now, if you're interested, do I recommend playing it? Absolutely. I think Tricky should give it a second shot, give Alan Wake a second shot by playing this game because it's more to a modern play style to where I don't think he'll be as... um, aggravated playing the game i think he'll enjoy this one a lot more um but uh last thing uh trophy list pretty easy trophy list i think power pyx has it a two out of ten mostly progression through the story uh collectibles and then a few combat related trophies but there's no difficulty trophies no speed runs no nothing like that so uh while there are a few miserable trophy trophies uh heads up there's no chapter select after you beat the game so before the point of no return make sure you have a save file in the cloud because, like I said, the game is a little bit more open than last time, so you can return to previous areas to, to clean up some collectibles. Um, but once you finish the game, there's no chapter select. So if you missed anything, you got to start all over again. Um, but that being said, collectible-wise, uh, you don't have to collect every collectible. You don't have Some of them you have to collect all of them. Uh, most of them you do not. Sometimes it's just collect one collectible and you get a trophy. So I mean, that's all you got to do. So overall, trophy list isn't bad. Um, not a difficult game to platinum. Uh, but the story is longer than i thought it would be like i'm you know what been playing it here for a couple weeks now when i'm maybe halfway through the game playing a little bit every day so you'll, you'll definitely get your money's worth out of alan wake there's a lot of meat on these bones but uh but yeah i'm sure i'll have even more to say next week as i get further in the game hopefully by next week i'll have beaten the game but you never know there's a lot to it so all right uh i'm back just so everybody knows yield what have you been playing sir oh let's see here 
Borderlands the pre-sequel, Deep Rock Galactic, Far Changing Tides, and Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, which was my latest platinum. That's impressive, sir, because that's one that I wanted to get and I was unable to get. Just, well, you just have to be as good as me to get it. Oh, jeez. What what made the tro- what made the platinum trophy so difficult, Tricky? I don't remember. I just remember I get I got frustrated. I think it was the probably the legendary ship. Yeah, I think it was the legendary ship. So I just like I put it down, said I'll come back to it, and just never did. I have to say, I had two left. I went through uh, when I when I finished my hundred percent of the memory sequence. I wanted my platinum trophy to be my last trophy, so I went and played Freedom Cry. Which I'm glad I paid five bucks for the season pass because that really wasn't worth a paid DLC. Uh, finished that. I had two legendary ships to take out. I had to look up a tip on how to beat the two legendary ships you fight at the same time because I could take out one, and then the second one would just mop me, would mop the floor with me because it changes its tactic, and I couldn't couldn't get it adjusted to where it would just it would just be all over me. See, I, so I'm like, right, so I'm like, all right, I'm doing something wrong. I need a tip. So I looked up and I'm like, oh, I didn't even think of trying it that way. And it, like the first time I tried it, I got it. So see, I think I got frustrated. And I, and I if I remember correctly, because it's probably been a year or so, probably longer. Uh, I thought I just need to upgrade my ship more. Well, my ship was maxed out. Well, yeah, I'm sure yours was, but I'm just saying, I think that's what I was like. I, I just can't do this because my ship's not powerful enough. Because I, I tried to, needless to say, when I ran across them, I tried to take them on during the game. And during the game, I was only able to take out two of them. Right. And then the other the other two would just mop the floor with me. I, I didn't even stand a chance. So I was like, all right, well, we'll just we'll just come back at this later when I've got my ship maxed out. And I did, and they were still mopping the floor with me. So is so. is there three different encounters, or is there four encounters, just a total of five ships? Four encounters, five ships. Okay, that's what I thought. All right. Uh, and I have been playing, uh, obviously, I got the Platinum in Spider-Man 2. Uh, enjoyed that. Good game. Uh, not the best superhero game of all time. Just going to say. I, I I think it's a game of the year contender, but I don't think it's going to win game of the year. I don't think it has a shot. Uh, to me, it was more like uh, Spider-Man 1.5. Just a continuation. <gasps> what? <laughs> Everybody was so excited for this. It's it's Here. it's not a bad game in any way, shape, or form. I'm not I'm not saying that at all. It's it's a quality game. You should definitely go play it. I'm not trying to poo-poo at all. I'm just saying to me. And this is just, you know, just because, you know, we talked about this on the show. I don't think it lived up to the hype. Everybody was giving it. See, and you guys thought I was crazy when I sat there and went. Eh. No, it, it, it's worth playing, Yield. I'm not saying like. No, 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 no. I, I, I didn't say I wouldn't play it. But when you all were at, we were all talking about this when it was leading up. And they're at, what's your opinion? I'm like, the trailer did nothing for me. It, 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 it didn't get me excited. And you're all like, what? And I'm like, no, it didn't. Do- so I feel a little like I won. You feel validated. I feel validated because you're like, it's like 1.5. And I'm like, ah, see, I said it didn't do nothing to get me excited. 
So it, uh, it, it, let's see. It, the the problem. No, not once did I ever say I thought it was a bad game. Right. I'm just like I did. I didn't see anything that made me go. I I was excited. Nothing in the trailers that I saw made me as excited for that one as it did the first one. And Miles Morales. It, like I said, I, I want to be clear. It's I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying it's a bad game. It is well, no, definitely and, a must play. And I didn't take it. I didn't take it as that. no. I'm just I'm trying to be clear with the listeners because uh, George Smith, I think, asked me on Facebook. It was what I think, and I said I was going to get my opinion on the, the show. It's not. It's not. There's nothing really wrong with it. I mean, I've had I have some uh, story issues with it that I've talked over with Tross, and uh, Tross says he wants to do a uh, a Patreon episode, do a spoiler cast, um, but I'm thinking we might wait until Matt's done with the game uh, before we get involved in that, because I think right now, the only two people I know that beat it are me and Tross. Um, I, I saw a comment from Rick saying he wasn't having too much fun with it, um, and he said the flying can fuck off. I think the flying's one of the best parts of the game. Um, it just, it, it didn't live up to the hype to what I had in my head. And that could be different from everybody else, but you know, but as Charles says to me, he goes, well, you know, you got to be a real Spider-Man fan to get a lot of the lore. And I get, I get that, but you know, I, I think it case, like I told Charles to his face, it's like, I think you're looking at it with beer goggles on like you're such a fan that you're going to love this and you're overlooking the the issues now i will say if you are a comic book fan which i'm uh, admittedly i'm not a spider-man comic book fan but from what i know of spider-man insomniac took some liberties they you know even from the first game they said they're going to tell their own story. This is not going to link into any particular comic book, movie, or anything. They're telling their own story. And I get that. And yeah, they definitely went that way. But some things that they did in this game, I think, are just way too off the mark. And I can't get into it until we get, you know, into the spoiler cast because I don't want to spoil the game. And I don't know how f- I am all for that because oh man, you got me cracking my knuckles over here. <laughs> uh, I I see, and I don't know how far Matt is, so to even like try to give him a clue of what I'm talking about might be a spoiler. So I'm not even going to go down that path. Um, I started Metal Gear One today, not Solid One from the original NES. Uh, but the OG Metal Gear. I did start that today, um, but I'm finding out. That this actually isn't the Metal Gear from the NES. This is the MSX version, which I think was a totally different version, uh, the Japanese version. Um, I don't know enough about it to say yes or no. Um, but I'm starting to play that. Uh, it looks like it's only like a two-hour game, so I might be able to get, do that on stream. That'd be cool. Uh, let's play a little bit of Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh, the platinum, the other platinum I got is called Dodge These Balls, which is a game that Sid got for me and sent to my console. So I played that. Uh, got that platinum in I think like twenty minutes. Uh, it's not as easy as you think it is. So I'll tell you that. Um, and yeah, that's all I've been playing. I'm sure those twenty minute platinums are such a strain, dude. 
yield. I, I, the game is like a dollar. I think I guarantee you, you paid that dollar and played that game. You come back to me and go tricky. I, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I'm sorry for mocking you for uh, this. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not knocking you in the sense of your difficulty. No. I was just like, wow, a 20 minute platinum. It, okay. I mean, so, so you were expecting a five minute platinum and it took you 20. No. See, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you what the game is. The game is basically you have, you're a red ball, right? And it starts off with three. You have to dodge the blue balls. <laughs> well, they're gray. But oh. there are three gray balls on the screen, and they go around like one such moment around. And as they knock together, like they go off in different directions. And you basically have to survive until there's 10 balls, 10 gray balls on the screen. And it gets increasingly difficult because one ball may be moving like one mile an hour. Another ball may be moving like three miles an hour. And the next ball might be moving at like 10 miles an hour. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but then when it ricochets and sends that five mile an hour ball flying in a different direction, it gets very frustrating. It sounds simple enough, but trust me, you're going to be pulling your hair out if you had hair, which me and Matt don't have. So. Uh, and then you have to fail 15 times, which I'm proud to say I, I only failed five times before I got the plot or before I got the 10 balls. Then I just had to die 10 more times. I'm proud to say it didn't take me as long as I thought it was going to, but it did take me a little longer. Uh, but yeah, good game. Uh, just don't have the chat up, so. Uh, yeah. Dupe says, uh, do, am I sure that I have all the Spider-Man plats on the four and the five? Yes, I have the I have the one on the four, Spider-Man on the four, Spider-Man Remastered on the five, I have the Miles Morales on the four and the five, and now I have Spider-Man 2. And there's no PS4 version of Spider-Man 2, so I have all five platinums. So yes. What about the pl- what about? Oh, no, nothing. Never mind. What were you gonna say? I answered my own question. I answered my own question before I asked it. Okay. Do you want to say the question? So, I no. Okay. Um, my amazing Spider-Man 2. That wasn't on the four or the five. Was this Spider-Man 2 on the four? Did they re-release it? I think Matt's looking it up. Dupe saying it was on the four. It was on the four. Okay, so I have I have the ins- all the Insomniac Spider-Man platinums. How about that? There you go. Because I th- I think that one was made by what NeverSoft. It was probably an Activision game. Activ- Activision. Beanox. Beanox. Oh. Uh. Uh, and I have good news for you, Alex and Yield. My uh, my goal horn doesn't seem to be working. No, that's oh, just the Rangers can't bummer. score a goal. No. Oh. And uh, also good news for you, Yield. I know you're not a hockey fan, but if you were a hockey fan, you'd be a Blue Jackets fan, and they are currently winning one nothing. Oh, that's good. So, uh, but the Rangers have the best record in in the NHL right now, so I don't give a shit. Well, I don't give a shit. They have the best record in the NHL. Uh, Dupe says Amazing Spider-Man 2 was awful. Uh, all right. Let's get into our agenda. Uh, we have some topics to cover today. Uh, 
First, PlayStation is losing its X integration next week. This is coming from IGN and written by George Yang. Next time you boot up your console, a message will pop up telling you this feature is being removed from the consoles. Sony has provided an FAQ list and other ways you can share your content. No explanation was offered by Sony as to why the change is occurring, but earlier this year, Microsoft also disabled content share due to social media platforms' API changes, leading others to speculate similar reasons. I did hear uh, that one of the reasons why is because ever since Elon Musk took over uh, in order to use the API, uh, it, uh, X was charging up to $40,000 a month. And um, that was just for simple things. And now with a business account, I'm sure it's a hell of a lot higher. And so he's probably trying to cut costs and that's why they're losing the integration. Uh, I know you guys really, well, Matt, I think you don't really do social media, but I don't think I've ever seen you on X. And that's uh, because I don't have an X profile. And I know Alex deleted his yield. You were a fan of X. Are you still using X? Uh, it's mainly both Facebook and uh, Twitter are mainly my news feeds. Yeah. Oh, well, X is Twitter, but yes. It, it's Twitter. It's not X. They, he did change the name of it. I don't care he changed the name of it. It's Twitter. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but you don't. Just like, j- 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 just like I don't call Paul Brown Stadium Paycor. I don't call Three Rivers, Heinz Field, or wherever it's called. It's, that, that's the name. I'm old school. Uh, I don't adapt. Rangers decided to score. 1 1. Thank God we have that update. I know I can sleep better tonight. You know, you guys just take all my happiness away. We no, do, dude. We just We're this is a suckers. PlayStation podcast. It's not the New York Rangers loud ass goal horn. In it's not going podcast. off. It's broken. I might just have to change the batteries. I think you need to fix it. I think I just need to buy a new one. This one's maybe, like, maybe your goal horn's an Islanders fan. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Saber wants to know, he says, Bombs Away, are you going to talk about the lowest Marvel-rated movie of all time? Um, What's the lowest-rated Marvel movie? Is he saying He's probably talking about the Marvels. Is it rated low? I heard it was doing pretty good. Uh, You're you're asking the wrong person, because I haven't paid a lick of attention, even to Loki, uh, to any Disney Marvel stuff now. I don't care. You're you're missing out on Loki. I heard, yeah, I heard Loki got really good at the end. It was good all season. I heard it was failing like the first couple episodes, but it, I haven't watched it yet, so I can't really? speak on it. Really, I heard I heard they say the ending was phenomenal. Well, yeah, I was saying the the beginning of season two, I heard dragged on, and then towards the end, it got really really good. Uh it's kind of interesting what they're gonna do with King now, because I don't think Jonathan Majors is coming back. That's probably uh, a safe bet. Uh, Saber says forty-six million. It's a failure. It was supposed to get seventy-six. I mean, we're talking like open the weekend. It'll make it up worldwide. Yeah. Uh, well, says, when you think of also like you know DVD sales and Blu-ray sales and you know subscription to Disney Plus, I mean that you can't really individualize the subscriptions <laughs> to and assign those to the Marvels, but it'll be on there, and people may want to watch it on there. All right, moving on to the next thing. Uh, we have a little bit of an update from a topic we talked about last week. Or was it two weeks ago? I'm not sure. Two weeks ago. 
Uh, Warner Brothers has responded to the Mortal Kombat $10 fatality backlash with two free fatalities. This is coming from IGN and written by uh, Wesley Yinpool. Players who bought the controversial $10 holiday, Halloween fatality in Mortal Kombat 1 will be getting an additional two free fatalities. Netherrealm was heavily criticized after they released their Halloween-themed fatality. It's rumored these fatalities will be part of a Halloween-themed bundle that is expected to be around $30. Um, and if you're looking at the... Uh, if you want to know what the fatality is, it's basically uh, you get put at a Thanksgiving table and a bunch of stuff gets uh, shoved down your throat. And then you wind up puking. So, well, they could have saved them. You know, they it actually been better for them if they had just taken my original idea, just given out the Halloween one for free, and now they wouldn't have to give out two for free. Uh, uh, Matt, uh, I we we were talking about this our uh, pre-show. Um, so basically, the way we read it, at least the way I read it, and I think you agree with me, is that. The people that bought the $10 fatality are going to get two more fatalities for free where everybody that hasn't purchased it yet are going to have to purchase the whole bundle for $30 for the bundle. Yeah. And I, you said it, I agree with it. it. It, the way that article makes it sound is that it seems like that was the plan all along is that they were going to make a trio pack fatality and you had to, you know, buy each one for $10. Uh, I, I don't know what the term is that if you bought it or if you buy it right now before the other two come out, you get the other two for $10. It, it's just, it's a mess. It's another microtransaction mess that just needs to go away. And it's also worth noting that this hasn't been officially announced. This was found by the da uh, data miner that found the fatality inside of the code. Now, how he found the data mine and then had the, we saw the animation for it. That's got to be in the game already, so that means it's already done. They're just waiting to announce it. So that's a little shady to me as in itself. That it's well, out there, but you, I don't understand you, why they're giving these other two away for free to the early adopters when they're just pissing off everybody else who has to pay thirty dollars <laughs> for all three of them if they didn't buy the first one when it first came out. <laughs> like I thought, giving away them for free would be to try to, you know, make up for anybody who's pissed at them. But now there just seems like they're pissing off the people who have to pay thirty bucks, or you know, who don't have to pay thirty bucks. But all right, well, understand what they're gaining with this. Okay, let's let's break this down step by step in a second. First of all, this thirty dollar bundle has not been announced. This Thanksgiving fatality has not been announced. It's been found by a data miner. The Warner Brothers has come out and said everybody that paid ten dollars for the Halloween one is getting two more for free. So, the, when this gets announced, it could be that they say, pay $10, you get three fatalities, which breaks down to about $3.33 of fatality, which I think is more reasonable as a price, and we've said that on the show. Give a more reasonable price, you'll, you'll sell more. So, I, I, I'm reporting that the, the bundle is $30, and that was the original plan. Whether When it gets announced, that could be totally changed. but as I said to Matt before the show, it's like you're going to give the people that bought that for $10, two free fatalities, but you're going to make everybody else pay $10 each. That doesn't make sense. But well, and you know, one of the things that people really don't like is FOMO, the fear of missing out and doing something like this, where people who early adopt get two free fatalities, essentially, and everybody else has to pay $30. You're increasing FOMO and people don't like that. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm trying to keep up on Saber's things, but we're getting off here. Uh, do not like the fact that they're going to make Kill the Justice League more or less a pay to play a continuation game, and they're doing the same thing with Mortal Kombat in a way. Well, the problem with Kill the Justice League, it was or it was originally planned to be a live service game, and then when they started giving the bits and pieces out there and screenshots and the gameplay, and people saw fifty billion different types of uh of uh what's the word I'm looking Oop. for? Not loot, no. It, it's the uh, cash types or, or different types of uh, currency. Currency, oh, currency, yes. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Like, there's like five different currencies up on screen. Everybody said, what the fuck is this? And why are there 10 different currencies? Listen, it, it's as we go into our topic of the week later, you'll hear more thoughts on live service games. Uh, Saber says right <laughs> with a check mark. All right. Next thing we're going to talk about is the Epic Game Store still is not profitable nearly five years after launch. This is coming from IGN and written by uh, Wesley Yinpool. Despite all their money uh, paying for exclusive release windows and V-Bucks sales, Epic has failed to turn a profit on their game store. Most recently, Epic released Alan Wake 2 on their platform as the sole way to purchase and play the game on PC. Epic continues to offer publishers and developers an 88 uh, slash 12 revenue split as compared to Valve's 30% cut. And yet, Valve recently smashed its record for concurrent users online with just shy of 32 million active players. Matt, I'm going to go to you first because you are more the PC person here out of everybody. Uh, well, you're the only PC person out of all of us, I guess. Um, I think you've said that like you're not a big fan of the Epic Games Store as well. I keep waffling on whether I blame Epic for everything wrong with PC gaming these days or if I should applaud them for their genius and the ability to lose money despite how successful their product is. Uh, It's no secret how much how much Fortnite does for them, how it is done for them. But they were taking on Valve, which has been active in the PC digital delivery platform since 2004. That's like a company trying to come up and, and fight up fight against Microsoft, who's had a product that has been refined and, and done for decades now. The problem I've always had with Epic is that they're shoving so much money to create a console war on the PC that it's it's frustrating as a PC gamer. I just want a platform where all of my games I can play without having to launch 50 million launchers. And every, every launcher that has come along with, I think one exception has failed horribly to take down valves efforts. And that platform was good old games. And the reason why it's successful is because it integrates with all the other platforms and you could launch all of your games from good old games uh, uh, digital store. The issue with Epic is that for all their money, they have nothing to show for it. You know, I've redeemed probably 50 free games on the Epic Game Store. I have, except except when I did that thing with Alex and uh, what was the game, Alex? Gigabash. 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 It's except for that, which I ended up buying and refunding. I have not spent a single cent on Epic because there's 
they launched without all the conveniences that Valve has put in place. There was no uh, rating system. There was no dashboards or or uh, areas for people to speak games. It it's like any game, any MMO that was coming in after World of Warcraft, saying, "Well, we're doing our own thing." When all the answers are there for for you are right there. They already told you what people are liking. So do something like that. And Epic came in here saying how Valve was a cheat and they're stealing from the devs and it, it, you know their 30% split is too much. Really, Sweeney? Is that working out for you? Is it okay that you know, you're giving them, t- uh, you're only taking 12%? How's that working out for you financially? Obviously, it's not. This long rant is just a way to say that they've been pushing their money around and it did absolutely nothing for them because the the market is still in Valve's favor. Uh, their exclusivity deals, the, the devs are hurting because they're losing out on the sales to everybody who doesn't want to support Epic Game Store. And, you know, hopefully Sweeney's given them enough money to keep them happy. Otherwise, the next time these people make games, they're just going to go right back to Valve. All right. Uh, Alex, you want to make a comment about this? I'm a little surprised um, with the success that Remedy does have and how, you know, popular Alan Wake is that they chose to go the route of exclusivity on Epic Games. I know that the the cut is better, as Matt said, for them when they sell a copy, but – and obviously they have people who make these business decisions, decisions based on numbers that they get, you know, analytics from the different um, platforms on PC. I, so I get it, but I'm kind of shooting in the dark here. But wouldn't it be better for them just to be like, no, we're going to go with Steam and Epic Store, and if you don't like that, we're just not going to publish on your store? Like I, 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 With how many people use Steam, you would make so much more money being on Steam as well. So I'm surprised that they went exclusive on one of the two platforms, especially being Epic, where the, the user base for Epic has to be much smaller than Steam. So yes, you're making more money. But how much money are you leaving on the table by not being on Steam? Because it seems like, you know, granted, my my case study is a little bit smaller. My pool, my sample pool is a little small, you know, being Matt G and JT. But it seems like people don't like Epic and don't like the Epic Game Store. And as Matt said, uh, or as the, the whole article said, they're still losing money this many years down the road, which means to me they're never going to be profitable because it's just so hard to – it, with the market share they have, try to wrest that away from, you know, work within the same realm as the Goliath that is Steam and Valve. So, one, they're probably never going to be profitable from this this arm, but, I, yeah, I don't I don't understand why Remedy would, wouldn't want to be on Steam as well. It would seem you would make more money overall by being on the biggest PC platform there is. Let, let me jump right in there because you, you mentioned a good thing about their user base. Just looking up an article, Epic Game Store had 31.3 million daily active users as of their last uh, note. That's just daily active users. How many individual people operate on their system on an average day? Steam had that concurrently running at the same time, which is astounding. And the fact that our servers can handle that type of activity. It's just, again, going back to for all their money, they, they can't draw in the crowd that Steam has had and built up. And earned the trust of for nearly 20 years. And if you all remember, Epic just laid off people. So you have them laying people off. Granted, it's happening in a lot of places, but they're laying people off. And then you hear that their store 
is still not, uh, you know, making a profit and you're kind of scratching your head. How with the, uh, the engine, the Epic engine, Epic games engine, um, that they license out to God knows how many studios and with Fortnite making as much money as it has, like, how are you not like, I, I don't know. They, for all their success, like Matt seems, it seems like they also like to shoot themselves in the foot. And one of the biggest, you know, uh, weights around their necks, the anchors around their necks is the Epic game store. So yield any comments? Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Uh, this article is coming from Bloomberg and written by <clears throat> Rockstar plans to announce much anticipated Grand Theft Auto 6. I expected a response from Matt there. Jason Schreier wrote this. Breaking news. A day before Rockstar, Jason Schreier accurately reported that Rockstar would be announcing the release window for the trailer of the highly anticipated GC. GTA 6. Yes, Matt, I did read it. I know I was going to skip it, but I read it for you. I didn't have to make a comment. My comment was there. The trailer is planned to release in December, and the game is reportedly set in a fictional version of Miami featuring two protagonists. Uh, A lot of people are anticipating that this is going to be announced actually during the Game Awards. Uh, Well, considering they said early December, uh, yeah. Well, it could be at the day after the Game Awards, but why? Well, I mean, traditionally, rocks. All your all, all your press will be at this at this charade that they call a video game award show. Yes, but Rockstar has uh, very they've been anti convention award show type things. They always do their own thing. They don't really get involved in all the game shows and stuff like that. Well, maybe they'll do it before it then. Just try to steal the thunder of what is the Game Award show. All right. Uh, but your thoughts on Grand Theft Auto 6 Yield? Uh, as long as it's in Miami, I'm happy. Uh, not necessarily thrilled with two protagonists, because I feel they've been there and done that. And You didn't like that in 5? I it, it was okay for what it was, but bouncing around, it gets it gets old. Okay. You're, you're, you're just starting to get into this character. Oh, now we're going to go over this character. Okay, now I'm getting into this character. Now we're going to go back to this character. And it, it's just, I... It's an interesting concept, but I have yet to f- find anything that I, where I feel like, oh, wow, that was done really well. I just... just Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, I did like to switch over the characters, but I can see why people don't. You, uh, Alex, your thoughts on Grand Theft Auto 6? Uh, seemingly somewhat of a spiritual successor to, uh, I mean, I know we're going in numerical order here, but uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Um, probably going to have a lot of that flavor in this game. Best GTA ever. Which I do like. I mean, who knows if it's very, I don't know what era it's going to be set in. They just said Miami, so it could just be Miami of the present day. Um, but like with Assassin's Creed in Egypt, you know, I said, hey, get, bring me to Egypt and I'll come back to Assassin's Creed. Uh, and I did. Uh, if you go back to the 80s in, in Miami for Grand Theft Auto, who knows? Maybe that's uh, the next Grand Theft Auto game I play. But um, I mean, I mean, honestly, I have stepped away from Grand Theft Auto and been happy with that decision, you know, for a while now. So outside of that, you're not missing anything outside of that one specific scenario, 80s, Miami. All the uh, the neon lights. 
I just don't care. Like I understand it's it is what it is. It's a it's a juggernaut makes them a ton of money. It's it's a beast, but uh, I don't know. I I had my fun with Grand Theft Auto, and I I don't know what more fun I could have with it than I had back on the PlayStation Two. To be perfectly honest with you. All right, Matt, your thoughts? I I'm sorry. I, I well, no, not not to interrupt or cut in front of Matt, but I'm going to. But I'm going to. <laughs> I I I I think as being a fan of Grand Theft Auto since three that they need to get back to what makes it fun. In my opinion, whereas we've gotten, we've gotten real quotations here with it. And since we've done that, I haven't really finished any of the stories. I eventually went back and finished four or finished San Andreas because I kind of, I'd heard about the ending and wanted to see it. I've I, I never got to the end of five. Okay. You know, four four I did go back and, and finish it and I enjoyed that, but I just I while they're fun, when you first start playing them, eventually I kind of just get bored with them. And be and I think a lot of that to me is I don't have the fun in it. You know, where you had you know, the, the older games, you had the vigilante missions and you had the ambulance and the taxi and all this other just kind of stupid fun that you could do. And you don't have that anymore. You know, you, you had the I remember Grand Theft Auto 3 having the car list, you know, and that was fun. It was something else you could do while you were doing working towards main missions. And you don't seem to have that now. It, it, it's all like real life. And I I play games to get away from real life. So, just my opinion. All right, Matt? I, I can kind of see where Yield's coming from and having multiple protagonists in the fact that, you know, there's a way that Grand Theft Auto 3 can end that takes away some of your options. Uh, so, it'd be interesting to see if they do the same thing here. I, I think Rockstar, though, will nail it out of the park again they, they're just going to do what they do and they make a masterful game so we'll see what happens but uh i'll watch the trailer when it drops uh i'll i watch game awards every year anyways just to kind of see what's going on so uh, we'll see if that's it if not you know rockstar is big enough that they can host their own event and show off the trailer and everybody's gonna take that trailer and analyze it in the Within two hours, you're going to see all sorts of videos up on YouTube analyzing every little detail because that's exactly what people did with the leaks that came out a couple of months back. So uh, this is your first Game Awards as a member of the Trophy Wars podcast. I have Alex and Yield on record of how they feel about the Game Awards. Do you watch the Game Awards for the awards or do you watch them just for the trailers? I watch them for the trailers because the awards, they mean absolutely nothing to me except for, you know, seeing some people get recognized for their talent in voice acting or motion capture or technical prowess. But outside of that, you know, Hey, here's, here's the award for the streamer of the year. Okay. Anyway, here's the next trailer. Like it, <laughs> they have to pad it out with more awards that are actually necessary. Yeah. I, I, some of these awards, like I get, like you want to recognize the esports people and stuff like that. Cause that is a part of gaming. It may not be an interest of us, but it is a part of gaming. I watch them for the trailers. Um, and I always want to see like who wins the best PlayStation game, uh, who won who wins game of the year. Uh I I know they just had the Golden 
Joystick Awards, I think it's called. Um, and yep. I was going to cover that, but I was like, I, I don't want to do that so close to the Game Awards. But uh, we, we do expect all the Game Award nominations to be announced within the next week or two. So maybe next week we'll be uh, giving you guys a detail of what's being nominated. Uh, I'm looking uh, forward. Oh, go ahead, sir. I was going to say, I'm looking forward to six, but I really don't have any like enthusiasm behind it. I'm like, six is going to come out. I'm going to play it, but like, I'm not really too excited to play it. Maybe this trailer fixes that. I don't know. But like the Grand Theft Auto games, like four, four and five, I just, I was going to play them, but I just, to me, it's like I'm going through the motions more than like, oh my God, I get to play another Grand Theft Auto. Alex, you, you were going to say something. Yeah, just a couple thoughts. Um, I think that the best thing they could do for the Grand Theft Auto is instead of constantly, you know, expanding the city, make it more dense and just hyper like focus on making everything you can do like very detailed um because that's one of the things that kind of like drew me away from the series i love vice city and then once you got to san andreas the game got too big and i can you know i played four but i wasn't a huge fan of it. i mean i'm i say not a huge fan i i liked it but i was also like okay my time with this series is over because there's just too much for me, I want to see, and it's with all open world games, I want to see the sandbox compacted. Make it smaller and just make the detail in every square inch a lot better. Instead of trying to make the, just this massive open world game that, you know, has a map the size of the entire world. Like, I don't I don't want to play in that. Make it still fun, but make it, you know, more compacted and just, you know, everything well, you can do in there. Like, you can go in every building or something like that. That's um, well. The rumor is they are going to expand. Like they are going to bring San Andreas into this. They're going to bring Miami into this. They're going to bring Liberty City into this. They're going to bring all three of the maps basically into the same thing that you can go in in between the maps. That but that's fucking, that sounds fucking terrible. I'm sorry. It, that sounds that's, absolutely fucking terrible. I, now, I, I granted. I know they have to make this game and have it last until Grand Theft Auto Seven, which will come out in like 2042. So, like, they have to, I guess, have to give people that much room to play in because it's going to have to tide them over for a while. But just with the online mode and the story, like, do you really need just this, like, three maps just mashed together like Frankenstein's monster? Uh, it's it, too much for me, but obviously, you know, there's tons of people out there that still enjoy it. So, uh, and as far as, like, where they're going to show this off, I mean, the Game Awards makes the most sense. Why would Rockstar run their own thing and pay money to set that up when they could just have it tagged in? Have essentially the Game Awards probably pay them for the world premiere, you know, release of the trailer, and all they got to do is give them the trailer, watch it roll, and then see the pre-orders come in. Like I, I don't know why Rockstar would do their own thing for any of their games. All their early sports games sell. Red Dead Redemption Three would sell like crazy without you know. You know, with just a trailer, you know, released into the wild, they don't have to have their own like media brief or anything like that. They can just sell this shit, you know, to allow other people to use it, and then that'll make them their money easily. I, they can just put it together uh, like a thirty-minute, like, I for lack of time, PlayStation Direct or something like that. That's literally and, like, more effort than they need to do. All they have, all people really need to know is Grand Theft Auto Six is coming out, and people will go buy it, but. Just give it to the Game Awards. Let the Game Awards pay you to to debut it, and then you don't have to put any extra work. Why am I gonna? Why am I? If I'm Rockstar, why am I gonna put all that effort into a thirty minute thing when I could just let somebody else make my money for me? Because you could have your own uh, 
ecosp or space on the internet instead do of having to share with other people. You think Rockstar really cares about that? Yes. Why? Because the same reason why they've never done a PlayStation, Microsoft, or Nintendo conference. They've always done their own thing. We never got a reveal of Grand Theft Auto or Red when, Dead Redemption or anything like that at any of those shows. They always did their own thing. When when was the last time Rockstar and I, I'm not I'm not trying to be a smartass. When was the last time Rockstar held a big event like that? They didn't. They just released a trailer. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Like they're and not, that's they're all. Not and holding... that's all they need to do. They don't need to give. They don't need the Game Awards to give them clout. They already have the clout. So if they release a thirty-minute type directs their own thing, I, they're not sharing their space with anybody else. Tricky. I, I'm I'm with Alex on this. They're either going to do it at the Game Awards or they're just going to drop a trailer on YouTube the next day. Here's the thing: they're, they're not sharing space with anybody because if they re- are revealed at something like the Game Awards, that's the main thing everyone's talking about. Everyone else is like smushed and compacted. You know, it's like you're sitting in an airplane seat and there's a big guy in the middle and he's taking up both armrests and, you know, you don't have much room on either side. The guy in the middle is GTA. Anybody else who is released, you know, a trailer during that show is going to get, you know, I mean, they'll get eyes, they'll get interest, but the talk of the town will be Grand Theft Auto regardless because, again, the game is evergreen. Sales are evergreen. Continues to sell how many years later it doesn't matter when they release or where they release the gta trailer it's going to be the main talking point of anything it's a part of i mean i guess we'll see in the next week or two but or the next month or so but i i i honestly believe they're just going to do their own thing they're not going to be part of game awards i i this is the way i feel like that this is what they've always done they they've beat uh marched their own beat of their own drum uh, this is what they're going to do i i I'd like to see it at the Game Awards, but I don't think so. I think they would want their own space on the internet for, you know, however long, a day or whatever. And like uh, Saber says in the chat, you put it on their own, cha- own channel, they can monetize it, and they'll make millions of dollars off of the YouTube revenue because you know that trailer is going to be watched like freaking 50 million times, if not more. But it'll still be watched e- just as many times, even if you give it to the Game Awards. I don't see. I don't understand what the negative aspect of letting of showing it off at the game awards is. You would have to ask Rockstar that. I don't. I don't have an answer for that. But I just know what the way Rockstar has always rolled. If I was Rockstar, I'd be like, "Hey, Jeff Keighley, Game Awards. We'll give you the debut, but you're going to pay us for it." Yeah, and Keighley would pay for it because you know, as much as you know, the game awards get shit. You know, they're not very profitable. Uh, speaking of not being profitable, let's go to, uh, I'm sorry. Saber says, David Kojima's, uh, will have a trailer there. Like he always does. Uh, coming from IGN written by Rebecca Valentine. Ubisoft has laid off 124 employees to quote, enhance collective efficiency, end quote. Uh, Ubisoft has laid off, uh, 124 individuals on November 7th in an effort to streamline operations and enhance the collective efficiency. This usually hints at the removal of redundant and or inefficient positions. Quote, these are not decisions taken lightly, and we are providing comprehensive support for our colleagues who will be leaving Ubisoft during this transition. 
We also want to share our utmost gratitude and respect for the many contributions to the company. This restructuring does not affect our production teams, end quote. This is not the first round of layoffs at Ubisoft this year, and recent earnings report included a quarterly net booking of $584.1 million, which is up 36.6 year over year. So even though they made a profit, they still laid off 124 people. Yield, I'll go to you first, sir. I guess this is the year of the layoffs. All right. Our next article is about layoffs, too, just so you know. <laughs> okay. I'll probably have the same answer for that one. I mean, what else can you say? Uh, it, it It's not just Sony, but a lot of the independents. I don't know what it was, but I, yeah. Saber says every everybody's laying off. I mean, Ubisoft, maybe they shouldn't have put all their eggs in an Assassin's Creed basket. It's hard saying. Uh, Saber says in the chat, translation skull bones has cost them way too much money in pre-productions and they should just go ahead and take the loss. I, Matt, Matt shaking his head. Can't, yes. Can't, can't argue with that. <laughs> I can't, I can't argue with that. Matt's over there shaking his head. Yes. Go ahead, Matt. It's Ubisoft has been exhibiting mismanagement for a while now between the allegations, between mismanaging projects. You know, they're, they're two main projects outside of, of uh, Division, Far Cry and Assassin's Creed. You're looking at at two massively delayed games, games that barely freaking. Uh, God, what the hell? Now it's. Alex, help me out. Beyond good and evil, too. There you go. See, Alex, you could help me. The, I said that telepathically, by the way. <laughs> just needed, just needed a moment. The way Ubisoft has just not done justice to their workforce and everything else is going on. You know, again, like every other tech company, maybe they hired up, they plussed up during the pandemic. Uh, it was easy to get people. People could work from home, and, and now they're they're leveling out it's just again goes to show that ubisoft is a terrible place terrible company they they, they need to do better by their people meanwhile tricky has gone on a, one of his infamous breaks alex what do you think Sorry, i thought there for a second my internet shit the bed on me and uh i wasn't hearing part of the conversation um i mean obviously there's not been a lot of positivity surrounding Ubisoft this year. I mean, sure, you get Assassin's Creed Mirage out. Um, I'm sure there's some goodwill towards the Avatar game, you know, given that, you know, it did, it was on what a state of play and then, you know, it looked pretty good. It, overall, though, I mean, I don't know. I get, you know, big soulless tech companies, but I don't know how you fire people when, you know, profitability isn't really an well that for a second there that profitability is i had heard the profitability was not an issue um but uh uh networking of up 36 year of year um i mean it's 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 shitty all around i mean 124 employees I mean, they can say, put together, you know, use the magnets on the fridge to put together any kind of 
wording they want to, you know, any kind of like corporate speak they want to. But surely these 124 people, you know, with how much this company has struggled to get certain games out, I know you can't always move people like chess pieces. People don't live their lives like that. But you would hope that, you know, these 124 employees um, for a company that, you know, is doing better than I thought we all we all thought they would, you know, with legacy titles and stuff like that, you know, you wouldn't have to lay these people off that you would find something for them to do. I mean, I, you know, I get that it's maybe just part of the, the industry to where they bring in people when they need them and then they fire them when they don't need them. And then we, they staff up for projects. And when the projects are done, you know, the principal people involved or the main team that's not, you know, they're at Ubisoft, they get cut, you know, get, you know, redundancies and whatnot. But I don't know. It just always feels really grimy and really dirty uh, when something like this happens where it's like, yeah, we just cut 124 people like, you know, operational efficiencies or what like in you know streamline is a word that people like to use a lot i mean these are people you know and you're just cutting them because you want to make a a slimmer sleeker model for yourself to move around and i mean i get that you know these companies work with lots of money and they work on big projects but surely these are you know these are more than just contractors you know they contractors that you know like i've made in a previous uh i talked about in a previous episode you know they're they're under contract for a point of time and it's an agreement and they know when they're gone you know but when you're just letting 124 employees go it just feels fucking grimy especially with how it seems that you have misused your funds or missed targets on certain games overall and kind of focus so much on your most profitable brands instead of, you know, working on innovation. So, I mean, Ubisoft has certainly not made them look made themselves look great in my eyes and probably not in a lot of people's eyes. It just it just feels gross to hear this. And you're looking at Ubisoft, it's like you probably could have kept these people on the payroll, but you just for some reason chose not to because reasons. Money, you know, number one reason. I don't know if that ramble made any sense, but I uh yeah. Hold on, just typing something back. As uh, Saber says, Avatar should be good because the people who normally do Far Cry, if I'm correct, are the ones that did Avatar. No, the people, a massive studio, which is the ones behind the division, they're behind both the Avatar and the Star Wars Outlaws games. So it's not the same people that made Far Cry. Uh, going into the article, um, just I want to see if it mentioned anything. Uh, it does say that 98, peop- 98 of the 124 are, we're all based in Canada, so it was roughly 2% of the Canadian workforce. And as per Ubisoft, those laid off came from the business, administrative services, and IT teams, both across the hybrid VFX studio in Montreal and the global IT team. So it doesn't sound like developers were laid off. It sounds like uh, people in the office were laid off. I mean, we may see more of that. Where I mean, you have to have people to make video games if you're a video game company. So you may see them slim down the development teams a little. But administrative offices and like marketing, that's probably where a lot of the hits are going to be taken if they're looking. Because you can only thin out the herd. Well, that's a terrible way to say it. You can only get rid of so many developers. You have to have people to make games. So it, the cuts are going to have to come from somewhere else. But still, you have to run a business. You have to run a company. So you can't uh, well, get... Let's get into the other story about layoffs. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Alex, but uh, Unity has announced layoffs despite increased revenues and reduced losses. Uh, This is coming from Sophie McAvoy over at GameIndustry.biz. Unity announced a 69% increase in revenue year over year and only posted a net loss of $125 million compared to last year's $250 million. That said... Unity announced layoffs as a result of a comprehensive assessment of its product portfolio at the beginning of its fourth quarter. 
quote, the time and full impact of these types of changes on our future results of operations, cash flows, and financial condition are uncertain. And for those reasons, we're currently unable to reasonably quantify the potential impacts through the fourth quarter of 2023. So I don't understand how you get a 69% increase in revenue, but you still lost $125 million. To me, those contradict themselves. Uh, no, because your revenue goals are different from your profit goals. And you can still post a revenue and make more, but because of operating costs and other things that come up, you may still be operating at a loss, which the number here to focus on is that the company still lost $125 million in operating expenses over the year or year over year. And last year they lost 250 million. So a hundred or 375 million in losses over a two year period. It's not a successful operation. And now we kind of see why they were going to do what they were going to do until they had to pull it back uh, for the engine markups that they were doing. So yeah, it, it sucks, but it seems like unity is not in the greatest places now yield your thoughts same as the other one (laughs) all right alex you know there is obviously now a reason john riccatello and the brass at unity made decisions they did to try and squeeze more money out of developers. I mean, maybe there's something wrong with Unity's business model. Maybe they have for some reason lost some kind of prestige in the industry where people are, you know, going with Epic or other studios for their engine um, and just staying away from Unity. I, I don't know what the problem is, but I mean, clearly um, the solution that they had is not is not doable because that's only going to encourage people, fewer people to use your services, which any money you would have made in the up by having extra fees is lost because you have fewer clients. Um, but yeah, it's a, I, with how many layoffs have gone on this year, I don't know what is the answer, but part of me feels like these companies need to scale down their operations and, you know, Video games have, yes, they're big business, and it seems like a lot of these companies have too much money invested in making too many games. It's like always about pushing the profits, always, you know, we're making more money, we're making more money. But a lot of these companies would probably benefit from scaling back a little bit. And I don't know for how many of them that's possible, but they keep running into these, you know, financial issues and having to lay off staff. I And somewhere along the way, you know, the outlook for these companies and the financial planning, it has to make better sense. You can't keep finding yourself in these situations where, you know, we we put out these products, but it's a razor thin margin. And, you know, if it doesn't, you know, we got to shut down an entire studio if it doesn't meet expectations or, you know, we, you know, our operations just aren't great. So we just have to cut people. I, it seems like more so than most industries, the video game industry is very kind of um, – I'm trying to find the right word. It's just – it seems like a very unsafe business industry like industry to be in because of 
how much money is involved and how you know risky certain a lot of the the projects can be um and of course you know we it's hard to tell if it's always been this way with the cuts you know i'm sure that there are people within the industry that can can say for sure but because of social media and people you know like ordinary like just employees who've been terminated uh going on twitter and saying you know hey this wasn't you know really talked about but you know me and other people were laid off from say insomniac or someplace how much of this had we never heard of in the past because there wasn't as pervasive social media which we have today um but yeah i mean it seems like it's more this year than just the normal ebb and flow of hiring in the video game industry it seems like there are companies that have financial issues and the only way that they can dig out of those is to just lower headcount and like i said with ubisoft which maybe is in a better situation than unity it just feels like someone at the top has failed the company when you see 124 developer 124 people laid off regardless of whether developers or in administrative it seems like somewhere along the line someone who gets paid a lot of money failed and that's the result in people losing their jobs so yeah, uh-huh. I'm sure we're all getting tired talking about this, but it seems like a lot of companies in the industry need to look at their financial strategies and their setup and they need to rework things so that they're not just staffing up and firing, staffing up and firing. Um, it can't just be the answer to just constantly cut headcount, to have multiple rounds of layoffs every year. That can't just be the solution. There's there's a problem there and it's not just with one company it's with a lot of companies all right moving on to our next topic here uh coming from bloomberg and written by jason schreier the new call of duty uh draws harsh reviews after rush development the latest iteration of the famed call of duty franchise was reportedly made in half the time of normal development which has led to a spat of negative reviews The first game since Microsoft closed its Activision deal. Critics say the story feels rushed. I'm going to put a pause right there. I'm not putting this on Microsoft because this game was obviously in development long before this deal closed. I'm not putting this on Microsoft there. Mm, Well, you don't have to do that. No, I I was I thought it'd be funny just to make a joke like thanks Microsoft, good job. No, you fucked no. up Call of Duty too. But no, realistically, this game was obviously in development before anyone at Microsoft laid their hands on. Activision. Well, well, to be fair, the the whole deal was in the works for a long time, so they probably Microsoft probably had some kind of like say in it. But I don't put this on Microsoft anyway. Let no, me go. No, but let's be real; like this was bound to happen because Activision was bound to put out a shitty Call of Duty at some point. Um, because of how pop- how much money it makes, they're just like, eh, well, we'll take half the time and we'll make just as much money, and then we'll put out another Call of Duty next year, and people will still play it because that's the way people are. Uh, uh, going on with the notes, uh, reports indicate the process was rushed to fill the perceived gap in the release schedule following the delay of another Call of Duty title previously planned for 2023. However, Joanna Ferris, GM of Call of Duty, said in Bloom- in a Bloomberg TV interview that the claim is wholly inaccurate but did not elaborate further. However, a number of anonymous uh, Call of Duty develops said the original plan for the game was to potentially be an expansion instead of a full-fledged game. Re- recent reports indicate a single-player campaign is one of the shortest in the series, able to be completed in three to four hours. Uh, Yield, I'll go to you first, sir. 
Uh, do you think this is a Microsoft uh, thing, or is this just Activision trying to cash in on Call of Duty again? Probably a little bit of both. I mean, it was in development before Microsoft took over, but I'm sure that they've had their say in it here and there. Uh, it's just sad we've gotten to this point in gaming that... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm flabbergasted. I don't know what to say. All right, Alex? With Call of Duty... Um, this is the issue that has that arises when you try to get games out every, every year, <laughs> um, and sometimes multiple games a year. That first of all, if they if they were trying to fill a gap with a, just a Call of Duty, like a Rush Call of Duty, that was going to be a, an expansion, um, why would you in any way try to bring harm or damage the perception of your golden goose, which is Call of Duty, which is the most valued property valuable property that Activision owns? Um, well, maybe people might argue World of Warcraft. Maybe World of Warcraft is up there. Um, but certainly on the console video game side. Now, Call of Duty, they may feel like they can release a mediocre Call of Duty story because, let's be real, people play the multiplayer more. Um, that's where people did, really get their jollies off in Call of Duty. Did they release a Call of Duty not too long ago that had no single-player campaign? It was multiplayer only? Uh, that was one of the Black Ops. Yeah, they they released a, a Call of Duty recently that had no single player at all. It was just straight multiplayer, which I I mean now looking back, it was probably a a test project to see if they could do a, like a the Warzone, but because Warzone is successful for them. Yeah, I mean, it, I get that Call of Duty makes too much money for them to not release it every year. Um, it's kind of like you know WB Raw. WB Raw would be a better show if it's two hours, but they get more money for doing three hours so they're going to do three hours obviously call of duty for them every year with what is expected of that company for their you know profit sheet they probably feel like they have to do a call of duty because missing a call of duty in a year is like a death knell for their financial sheet um so they've caught themselves in the situation where they constantly had to put out a call of duty and now we we get to a spot where you rush a game to get one out the door and it's it's a curse of having to release something every single year. Like, and you know, Insomniac used to do it with the Ratchet and Clank games, and they made it work. But we're talking much smaller games than these games are now, and much small, fewer considerations. I still didn't like the you know the every year thing for Ratchet and Clank, but you know, back on the PS2 days, it kind of worked, or you could at least pull it off. Now it's like every year has got to be Call of Duty, and the quality may be suspect. Whereas if you if you did every other year. You know, you might have a better Call of Duty. Now, I know that they have multiple studios working on Call of Duty. I think this one was Sledgehammer. Uh, they've also got Treyarch and other studios working on Call of Duty. Inf Infinity Ward. Infinity Ward. Yeah, that's the third one. Yeah. So, I mean, they have multiple studios working on this, and, you know, they kind of work on that kind of – they, they kind of rotate. So, I guess that each studio has more time to make a game. Uh, but even if you just – I don't know. That goes to show you just how the lengths that they've had to go to keep this every year release schedule is they have three studios, three of their biggest studios dedicated to making this one series. So I guess they found themselves in a trap where they feel like they have to put out Call of Duty every single year because they need it for their financial, you know, their, their books. But uh, it certainly would do the actual, you know, player base 
and the game itself better if it was, you know, an every other year release. You let people play the multiplayer for a year with no mainline release, and then you come out with one every other year. You know, even if you have multiple studios working on it, it just would be better overall for quality, but that's not where we are. We are where they are like Ubisoft. We have to fall back on our most profitable franchises, and we need Call of Duty every year because we need the money. Fun fact, uh, you brought up Raw. If you, I watched Raw and SmackDown on Hulu. Both shows are 90 minutes long. Oh, uh, well, they cut parts out. On Hulu? I'm pretty sure they Yeah, they cut out some matches. Do they really? Yeah, you're yeah. not seeing anything. Oh. What do you think? They have an hour and a half of, of commercials? I, I just thought it was always funny that it was like a three hour show is an hour and a half. No. I didn't they, know they cut out stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they cut out they cut out some of the like lesser matches. Why do they do that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I ask Vince. Well he's not he's not part of it no more, so not anymore, but he was when they cut stuff out. So. Uh, Saber says, having bought this year's Call of Duty, I can tell you it's copy and paste uh, the last year, and it's not even well reskinned. Way too short, by the way. It's campaign probably maybe five hours. Some of the maps are just way too big and multiplayer, and it feels like they stole maps from Ghost. What it's become is this is the sports game of the shooter world. This that's is the Madden assumption. of the shooter world. That's a, fair, that's a fair assumption. And guess what? The problem is the people will still fucking buy it. And that's not to say anything to, negative to Saber. If, if you want to buy it and you want to play it, that's fine. But obviously there is a problem with Call of Duty in that Activision is going to put one out every year and whether or not the quality is there is always going to be a question. All right. Uh, anybody else have any more comments? Matt? I don't think you've talked. No, but there wasn't much more I could add to it. All I could say is this is not the first time that there's been an issue with the Call of Duty in quality or length. And frankly, if people are just now waking up to it, you're at fault for this, for buying the same game every year. I mean, to, and to be fair, you say it like uh, Alex brought up, you can say the same thing about uh, Madden. You can say the same thing about NBA 2K. You could say they don't do enough in between the years to justify selling it at full price. The WWE wrestling played. games. I've always said that, well, see, the, okay, so the WWE wrestling games, I would give a pass to because they can tell a different story as far as, like, franchise mode, something like that. A Madden game doesn't have a story unless you're doing, like, my career mode in which they have a story in there, which I, I honestly, I don't know if they do or not because I haven't played Madden in a while. Well, they have, like, some uh, kind of, like, general manager mode or something like that, I'll bet. But, I mean, you're telling... <laughs> That what they should what they should do with those games is release the uh, release a core game, and then you know I don't know every two to three years release a new game. But in between, sell the roster update for I don't know ten dollars, which is Say, exactly okay. what they should do. Just keep releasing wrestlers for WWE. Release one every two years or every other year, and just release the extra content yeah, but, wrestlers. But see, the the problem is is like okay, so AEW Fight Forever came out. Now CM Punk's no longer a part of that company. Now CM Punk's gonna be if they just release the up the roster updates, you're gonna have CM Punk in their game, which they may not may or may not want CM Punk in their game anymore. Where now you come out with Fight Forever Two, CM Punk's no longer in that game. You do realize Cody Rhodes is also in that game, right? Yes, I know. But you 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 get my point is what I'm trying to say. I mean, hell, they probably want to have CM Punk in there. They need all the help they can get selling that game. That's probably true as well. All right. Uh, let's throw it across to our Facebook page and get some listener questions. 
Time to check my social media, yeah. All right, so we have a total of seven questions all coming from Facebook. If you want to get involved, go to facebook.com backslash TW group, and you can join the group. And uh, every week, either myself or Veronica, mostly Veronica because she's the one who remembers, uh, post for questions. Uh, first question coming from Thomas. How much does respect mean to you? Yield will go to you first. Uh, a lot. You get treated how you treat me. So if that's how, you know, like I, I look at things like people's titles and stuff garner a certain amount of respect. And then from there it goes up or down depending on how you treat me or people in general. So it's not like it's a given because of the position you hold or the, you know, the aura or whatever that you have that you're automatically going to get, you know, said amount of respect. Yeah. Uh, with respect, like to me, respect is earned. Like I'll give you a level of respect of who you are until you're no longer earning it. But to me, in order to get respect, you have to earn my respect. You can, I, you don't get just respect just because of, you know, who you are. You have to earn that respect, you know. And to, to you know, to kind of top on what Yield said, like, treat me the way you want to be treated. If you treat me like shit, I'm going to treat you like shit. That's, that's the way I've always been. Alex, uh, how much does I'm, respect mean to you? I'm more uh, in the realm of, I don't know about, I generally treat most people with respect. I work in a job that's very you know, public facing. I work in a grocery store, so I deal with the public all the time. And I do try to treat everybody with respect and be polite. And I'm one of those people that, uh, you know, you treat me with respect, you'll get the same back. But it's also, it's not just me personally, it's how you treat other people. Um, the reason why I vote the way I do is because perceive respect towards other people and not just me. Like if you're respectful to me, but you're shitty to somebody else, you know, because of how they grew up or who they are or something like that. Like I, I don't have respect for you just because you respect me. It's about how you treat others as well. Um, so if you're in general, a nice to me, but you're a hateful person, well, that's not going to do you much very well with me. Cause I'm not going to have any respect for you and I won't treat you with any respect. Um, so it's not just me. It's, it's how you treat other people as well. Um, and tricky, you know, tricky said it's, uh, I, I kind of agree with Tricky, but more I'm in the lines of you earn my trust. That's a big thing for me is respect is something I try to be like I will give to strangers even because, you know, in a day of, of, of you know, going throughout my daily discourse, like I'll meet a lot of strangers and I still try to be respectful of people, you know, whether it be driving on the roads or, you know, working in a store. Um, but trust is something that's more earned. Respect is is easier to give out because it's just kind of something I feel like you should do with people. Um, because you you, th you may not think about it, but we are reliant on other people for our safety and just how our day go all the time, given how much we interact with other people and in the public. Um, so I don't necessarily – I'm not like tricky in that I think respect is earned, but I definitely think that trust for me is earned. Um, but yeah, for me, respect is – not just how you treat me, but how you treat other people. All right, Matt. I'm in the same camp as Alex because 
you know, there's certain people that get ragged on day in, day out. And, you know, if you always hear about those stories, you know, whether true or not, somebody's going to interview for a job and, you know, they may not get it because the interviewers ask the security guards, the janitorial staff, the people that they actually interact with on a daily basis, how this person was outside of the perfect picture that they paint in the interview. So it, it, it means a lot to me that you give everybody a chance until that chance is no longer valid. And, you know, myself, I, I think everybody can say that they enjoy a certain amount of respect given to them just in passing. And when you earn even more, it's better. But honestly, it's yeah, Alex, how you treat other people matters greatly. All right. Next question also come from Thomas. What game gets you pumped to go to the gym and work out? We'll start with Matt. Uh, like my wife on VR Supernatural, because it is a natural workout game. All right. Alex? Um, usually, if a game gets me pumped or I'm like excited about a game, I'm excited to play more of that game and not go to the gym. So I can't really think of a game that would make me you know, want to go to the gym. Closest thing would probably be punch out, you know, knocking out some uh, some boxers and, you know, moving up the ranks that, you know, that might have some effect, but really more of a motivator for me is music. So. All right. Yield. I am not a gym person. <laughs> Neither am I. I, I the, the, the only aspect. The only time that you can get me to work out would be when I was in sports. And even then I didn't like going the few times that we had to work out and lift weights. I died. I don't find that fun. Uh, yeah, I'm not a gym guy, but I will say that beat saber gets your heart racing. I like playing some beat saber. I don't think there's a time I played beat saber where I didn't come off that headset sweating my ass off. So. Wow. Why? Wow. No, just never thought you'd hear those combination of words in a sentence. Sweating my ass off? You never heard that phrase before? No, no, no. I have. Never mind. Okay. Next. Carry on. <laughs> Next question from Thomas. What is your favorite video game music to run to? Mine would be the Zone of the Enders. I guess this is a, com- a combination of the last question. Uh, but do you, if you guys run, uh. What video game music do you listen to? We'll go. I don't think I've listened to any video game music when I've gone wrong. Usually, no. I just listen to metal or no, hardcore. The, the the only time that I enjoy I, I I enjoy running, not that it's enjoyable, is when I'm playing sports. I I, I to me running just to run was not fun. No, it's not fun at all. Alex, you have, so, you have an answer, Alex. I specifically hate running at the gym because I hate running in place on a treadmill. I can't stand that. Um, but yeah, I'm not big on running. I love walking. Uh, I would, we have a dog, so obviously going out with her for walks. Um, she's not uh, a runner. She you know has short bursts of speed, but she's she's not a runner. Um, but you know, as far as something to get me pumped up, uh, the Punch Out theme. Any, anything related to Punch Out. Uh, pull that pull that card out again, um, but the main title theme that that gets you going a little bit to to go for a run. Um, 
you know, honestly, I, I listen to a lot of video game music, or there's a lot of video game music I hold in high regard, but nothing that really, you know, I go out and run to aside from, you know, something sporty and upbeat like Punch Out. Uh, I don't run because running's not fun. Uh, but I will say that when I used to play hockey, because I played goalie, I used to uh, listen to uh, Metallica's Injustice for All album and earbuds as I was playing goalie in the third period. It was like my superstition, so to speak. So, What you all don't know, fun fact, is that on the Mighty Ducks, Tricky was the third goalie behind Julie the Cat Gaffney and Goldberg. He just never got to play. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Uh, okay, how so many this, people will believe that? <laughs> nobody. Uh, this next question, I think, is is a, a, a thinking question because I still don't have an answer, and I saw this question earlier. Thomas wants to know, if there are three games you can mix together, which would they be and why? His would be Tenchu, Nightshade, and Splinter Cell. So I'm going to give you guys a second to think. Uh, I'm going to vamp here a second. Three games you could mix together. What would they be and why? Matt, you have an answer? This is this is a tough one because yeah, like so one of the games that came out a couple of years ago, somebody made a fan mod was Mega Man Cross Street Fighter, where the robot bosses were the Street Fighters and you played as Mega Man. So add that, maybe some like an RPG element to it, like a Final Fantasy. That might be fun. Okay. Yield, you ever uh, any shade of an answer? No, because two of my games were kind of similar. So Yeah, I, I, I'm struggling to get an answer. Thomas, I'm not going to have an answer for you. I'm sorry. Alex, do you? Because I, I, I was thinking Red Dead Redemption. Okay. The st- the game model of Red Dead Redemption. Okay. With the setting of Starhawk. Okay. But I need a but I, but I need a third game to go with it. Cause I think Space Westerns are cool. So that's why I said Starhawk, but with the but with more of a story like Red Dead, but I can't think of a third game to put into it. To make it feel complete. So I'm two-thirds of the way there. So you can move on now. Oh, uh, I'm ignoring the chat for a little bit. Uh, let's catch up here. Uh, Tricky owns VR2 for PS5. Yes, I do. Zone of the Enders is techno music. Uh, he says that was a good game. I have that mod. I don't know. I guess that's something Matt was saying. Street Fighter versus uh, or Mega Man versus Street Fighter. Um, then then he says, show the original Prey 2. I don't know. Alex, do you have an answer? Well, PlayStation Move Heroes kind of did something like this, but I would like to see a more fully fleshed out game featuring the combination of Sly Cooper, Ratchet and & Clank, and uh, Jack and & Daxter. I feel like a big coming together party for those three heroes or those three groups of heroes never really happened. Um Again, PlayStation Move Heroes was not what I'm looking for. So, you know, starting to do something like that involving a big adventure involving all three of those characters and using their strengths, I think would be, you know, really um, a lot of fun. You know, even if it was just to focus on, like, Sly as the stealth guy and, you know, 
Ratchet is like the tech guy, you know, even though he also uses guns. And then like Jack is more like the brute brawler of the bunch. Um, kind of with Jack and Ratchet taking the place of Murray and Bentley in Sly's band. I don't know. Just something with those three characters would be a lot of fun. I also think that um, I, th- you know, got to think in a Hurt Street Fighter. And we've been talking some wrestling games. So, you know, what would be really cool is if you had the Street Fighter roster as wrestlers in like a No Mercy style game, wrestling game. And then also you could throw in like, I mean, I know WD Crush Hour is a thing and it wasn't very good, but you could have like a di- almost like a different mode where you in the back, you could go to the back and you can get into like cars and play some kind of twisted metal game. Um but yeah, I don't know, something mixing wrestling and the Street Fighter roster, because I do really like the Street Fighter roster. Uh, a lot of fighting games have really good rosters, and I think that would fit well into a WWE-style game. Um, but then maybe add some element of car combat in the back in the uh, in the parking lot. <laughs> a little Rocket League? <laughs> no, not Rocket League, just like Twisted Metal. Again, they had WWE Crush Hour, which was not a good game. But... Um, Deck, Deck says uh, your idea sounds pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, just have to refine it. I'm trying to – the Street Fighter and the wrestling thing kind of fits in there, but just trying to cram something else in there, you know, without the, the car combat feeling like a mini game or just a, a side piece in the, in the for the backstage area. Uh, ooh, or you could do like some kind of time travel mechanic where you could wrestle in different areas of the world, like incorporate something like Turtles in Time or something like that where you have a time travel mechanic and you could – have wrestling rings in different eras while fighting Street Fighter characters, something like that. All right, V says in the chat, uh, in the chat, take the story of Fatal Frame in the style of Ninu Kuni with the gameplay of Persona Five. Okay, <laughs> I haven't played any of this, so I can't be like, yeah, Fatal Fr- Fatal Frame obviously is a is a horror game. Ninu Kuni, I think, is an RPG, and Persona 5 is an RPG as well. But I, like Yield, I've never played any of those games. Which I did want to play Ninu Kuni once, but I just never got around to it. I think that was more for for Matt than any of the rest of us. Matt? Oh, I know exactly what she'd want out of that, and it would be great. Have you all discussed this before? Has this come (laughs) up before? Is that why you know exactly what she's talking about? No, but I know that those are three of her favorite games ever, so that's right up her alley. Saber agrees, and V says thank you. All right, uh, I'm going to detract for a second because I want to ask a question of my own before we get into the last three here. Um, As you guys know, I sent a picture of, I bought three uh, novels uh, associated with The Division. Uh, With the three of you guys, have you ever been like... You, you like a game so much that you decided to go read the novels to learn more lore about it? I did that once with uh, one of the Dead Space novels, but that's the only time. Yield? You ever d- had an idea nope. to do that? Nope. Usually for me, it's like I want to go buy the giant encyclopedia with all the art and illustrations in it. That's that's more my speed rather than reading a novelization of it. All right. Uh, Matt, your answer. I mean, I have the three uh, Hyrule Historia books because of the Legend of Zelda and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's obviously I've done that. 
Uh, Saber says Halo and Mass Effect novel was not bad. Okay. All right. Uh, next question is coming from Daryl. Daryl says, when will Roman retire? I guess he's assuming Roman Reigns. Uh, I heard a rumor that once he's done with this title run, he's uh, he's done because his health can't keep up. Well, I mean, I know he's beaten leukemia twice, but other than that, I don't know that he's had any serious health issues. I think it's still leukemia is coming back. That's what I saw. Well, let's hope not. Um, you know, I know that people are sick of Roman's reign, but when you really like look at him and Paul Heyman together, they make a great combo. And again, you can say that you don't like Roman as champion. Like, I get it. It's kind of boring to have the same champion for, for fucking ever. But he is kind of like the centerpiece of the Bloodline storyline, which has brought the brought like reignited people's love of WB. That's why they're red hot right now. So you can't really hate on him too much, to be honest with you. All right, yield. Uh, I heard after Crown Jewel or the next pay per view, he's gone for like. He's not wrestling until January now. Crown Jewel is his yeah. last uh, time. Crown, Crown Jewel was the last time this year. There you go. That's what it was. Um, so I, my guess is he'll make it to WrestleMania, drop the title, finally. And then we won't see him again. Oh, he'll come back like a, like John Cena has. I mean, well, he, yeah. He may, he may not be doing, you know, uh, another extended run. This may be his last big run with the title and then he's going to go off and do movies and spend time with the family. And Saber says in the chat, if he wrestles five times a year, I'm assuming he's just going to keep doing what he does. I mean, I, I, I'm, I like the bloodline storyline, which I know I'm in the minority of, but if, if, if Roman wrestled every month or on every TV show, it it would take away from the story. Like at this point, Roman's beaten everybody and every anybody and everybody. You can't just have him going against the same people over and over and over again. Cause then it gets boring and then there's no meaningful to his, his championship. I, I don't agree with him having the championship for three years, but you know, the bloodline was one of the best storylines to date. You know, for everyone who says that, uh, Hey, um, Roman doesn't wrestle enough on the other side of the street over at AEW, you know, MJF used to wrestle a lot less and now he's wrestling all the time and people complain that it makes it feel too normal. So, uh, deck says in the chat, he has beat punk. Well, he's never going to be punk because punk is not going back to WWE. Yeah. Okay. Punk is not going back to the WWE. Dude, what is, what is WWE all about? Money. They're all <sighs> about money. No, that that's what Vince is about. Triple H is running it different. And okay. I'm not even going to ask Matt because Matt doesn't care about wrestling. Okay, yeah. Nick Khan is the president of, of WWE. They're still all about money. Let's not let's not lie about that. All right, next question because we're getting a little long here. I didn't waste the time. Uh, Daryl says, which is better, Eurojank or Amerijank? I don't even know the difference. Eurojank, it just kind of works. Amerijank, it doesn't work at all. We'll go with that. And the last question coming from V. America, Amerijank is the dumber version of Eurojank. <laughs> v wants to know, is there a game for the holidays 2023 you're looking forward to, or is it just 2024 gaming year now? Oh, I'm pretty much shut down on any new games until 2024 at this point. Yeah, Alan Wake 2 is the one I was looking forward to, and then 
after that i'll may play may play assassin's creed syndicate but uh that i mean obviously not a new game so alan wake 2 is the capper for me for the year yield I don't know of any like new releases that I'm picking up. I'm just hoping that 25 is a better release year than 24. You mean 24 okay. is a better release year than 23? Or yeah, that. I'm a year ahead of myself. Even, even I hope 25 is better than 24 when we get to that point. <laughs> what crystal ball are you using? <laughs> I, I I thought he was just looking at 24. He's like, eh, it doesn't come out next year either, so let's just hope 25 is better. <laughs> well, I, at the rate we're going... Uh, and Matt, you have an answer. I've I've gotten all the gaming stuff I want for this year, so bring on twenty twenty four. All right, let's move on to our topic of the week. Uh, this is coming from Video Games Chronicle and written by Andy Robinson. Sony has confirmed it's delayed half its twelve planned live service games. SIE has previously said that it planned to release twelve live service titles in the market by its March twenty twenty six fiscal ending. After a recent review by Sony by Bungie's uh, excuse me, after a recent review by Sony over Bungie's Destiny portfolio, some projects have been scaled back. During an earnings call, COO and CFO Hiroki Tooki confirmed the review resulted in some games being pushed back due to quality concerns. Of the twelve titles, six will be released by fiscal year twenty twenty five. As of the six remaining titles, they are still working on release windows. Indicators are that the Last of Us multiplayer game, as well as the Horizon variant, are among the twelve, but no clue as to which of the six which of the six titles those games fall under. Quote, the learnings from Bungie have been very substantial in many areas, uh, said by Holst. Of course, when you're developing a live service titles, you require capabilities that you don't have when you're working on single player narrative driven games. And those capabilities that we've uh, set up inside PlayStation Studios have been helped and guided by Bungie. We are also more deeply under- we also more deeply understand that was what success means in live services. Historically, our games have always worked towards an end, and this is a large cultural shift. The launch of a game is just the beginning, and it becomes with a whole set new, whole set of different key performance indicators. All right. Uh, Yield, I know you've been vocal on this uh, as well as the live service games and Sony doing too much, so I'm going to give you the floor first. Uh, No, I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer on this. I'm just going to say told you so. That's it? That's all you want to say? That's all I want to say because I'm just, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Alex, we'll go to you. Um, well, I shared an article to the Facebook group where GameSpot said in a big headline that they had canceled the six games. And it turns out Matt got in our chat and said, if you go into the article, it actually says that they – That was me, by the way. Oh, that was you? That they yes. just delayed them. So whoever wrote that headline for that picture fucked up real bad because – Okay, I, let, me, let me stop you there for a second because uh, if you look at the picture – it's it does say GameStop at the top, but on the bottom of it says via uh, Video Games Chronicle, which was the article that I just read from that the one Matt posted. So I don't know who posted this, but they definitely uh, took their information from the article where they say it was just delayed. No, but the games the GameSpot picture said canceled, and that it does say they, it does say canceled. They should have said yes. delayed, not canceled, because yes. those are obviously not the same thing. 
Yeah. Um, I, no, I'm, I'm just pointing out that, you know, the picture did cite the Video Games Chronicle article, yeah. but they just, yes, they, they, had, they, they did put the wrong words up there. Yeah. Um, which I don't know how you do that because, again, that's a big fuck up. But anyway, um, yeah, the. Um, I'm so shocked that they have 12 live service games in development because I would think that, yeah, Sony has a good amount of studios, but some of those are just for porting to PC. Um, some of them are just helper studios. There's not like with 12 live service games, like how many of their studios are working on live service games, which as we know, has not run super smoothly under Sony as we've seen six have been delayed. Half of the 12 planned ones have been delayed. I don't understand why with Bungie and destiny and then going to marathon, why you don't take that as one of your live service games, because obviously that's worked well for destiny. And Bungie knows how to do it. I don't know why you have to have 12 in the pipeline. Like why you can't just have one and then maybe have fair games do two or three. Or maybe just start out with two and see how the business model worked for you and, and learn you know some lessons from that. But to jump in head fucking first, seemingly in the shallow end of the pool, by the way, and have 12 games planned and then delay... Um, you know, half of them, you know, these things are not like at the drawing board. They're not things that are, you know, ideas that are, you know, in some, you know, somewhat early stages to delay something. I would figure it would have to be so, you know, have a set, you know, release date or at least a window. And then you would have to be like, oh no, we have to push this back. You would have to have a substantial amount of work done on a project to delay the release date. I would think. So I'm, you know, their jump to live service, I'm not offended by. It's fine. But to have 12 projects for the number of studios you have just seems kind of a bold move by Sony. And again, all feeds back into why I think Jim Ryan did not resign. He was told to resign because this whole plan revolves around him and what he wanted to do. I just think, you know, going that heavy with live service when you've never done it before is a foolish move. And they should have asked me, apparently. Otherwise, they wouldn't be delaying six games. All right, Matt. There is a more so than usual drastic pushback against live service games recently because we've gotten some really shitty live service games, by the way, of Marvel's Avengers and some of the latest Destiny offerings. And with everything that happened at Bungie this week, there's a lot of complaints as to what's going to happen next. So as you can see, Sony kind of took a look at it and said, all right, maybe maybe we need to delay some of these, put our focus back into where we need to be, because not for nothing. You know, I know there's some stuff coming out, but look at what Nintendo did this year. They released a Mario, a Zelda and a Pikmin. They kind of blew their load all in one year. So the question is what's next? And Sony, I feel very much the same. There was a, uh, a picture somebody shared and it said first party Nintendo games released this year. And you had all those first party Sony games released this year, Spider-Man two. So what is really coming up next for Sony that, that they need to delay three live service games and then make it, about those six that are coming out, because that's going to have to feed them for a while. Uh, beyond that, 
going back to my earlier comment at the beginning of this podcast, I, I'm so sick of half-baked ideas designed to pump as much money out of the customer as possible. I think Alex was saying it earlier. Companies need to reduce operating costs. And the quickest way that they do that and they know how to do that is headcount. And then everybody that's left gets fed the crunch beat stick. And it's starting to piss me off that, you know, we're, we're still getting shitty games as a result. A modern warfare that that is not that great at launch, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed that seemed to have problems on launch and they had to skip a year so that they could focus on quality. Spider-Man 2 even has had some weird bugs that I've come up across, but and they were nowhere near as poorly operating as, as some other companies. But then we found out, oh, Insomniac had some uh, reduction in the months leading up to Spider-Man 2's release. It, it's, it's okay to not make a blockbuster game and focus on smaller, more artistic transactions that you need to do in games. Look at the success of a lot of indies and a reason why many indies aren't successful is because they don't have the financial backing. So they have to do it on their own and they don't have the advertising capabilities that these larger companies do. Maybe spend half as much on a Call of Duty advertisement because you don't need to advertise Call of Duty. People are going to buy it. And I go back to my former statement. You keep buying crap and they're going to keep pumping it out we've faced the same problem with Pokemon for the last couple of years. It's the games come out. It, the gameplay is great, but the graphics and, and smoothness have really suffered. And a lot of the story hasn't been the greatest. So, you know, I'm part of the problem too. So maybe the next time I wait a little bit more before I buy into it. And that's where we need to start coming together as consumers and not just impulsively buy the crap that companies are pushing out on us. Uh, I just looked up PlayStation Studios. PlayStation Studios has a total of 23 different studios. So over half of them were making live service games, you would assume. Um, it's also worth noting, which I find weird. I'm going to have to do some more research into this. Bungie is not listed under a PlayStation studio. I brought that up a few weeks ago. Or last I know, it's, it's weird. It is weird. And it's why I've called like, – I want to know what the deal between them actually is. I want more insight to that because even if they're autonomous, you'd still figure they're part of the PlayStation Studios family, so they'd be listed under there. Yeah. So that means you know, all but 10 of their studios were making live service games. That's really weird that you would dedicate that many. Mm, hence why he doesn't have a job no more. Yeah, again, it's that's look, you can make you can have some live service games if you have 12, even if you're, you know, working with other studios to make, to get them done. Like, that's just way too many, especially when you have no experience as a company doing live service. OK, so on top of that, you had all your major studios doing that, right? You had Naughty Dog doing one. You had Gorilla doing one. Um, You, you was. You so, assume that so Ben was we, doing one as well. No, Ben. No, Ben got dumped doing help Naughty Dog do theirs. That is true. Because because Ben wanted to do their Days Gone too, and Sony's like, "Oh no, here, go help Naughty Dog do their game that is now on hiatus." Well, okay. So the PlayStation Studios are Ben Studio, Blue Point, 
uh, Fire Sprite, Fabric Games, Firewalk, Gorilla, Haven, Housewalk, Insomniac, London Studio, Media Molecule, Naughty Dog, Nixon Software, Polyphony Digital, San Diego Studio, San Mateo Studio, Santa Monica Studio, Savage Game Studios, Sucker Punch, Team Asobi, Valkyrie, and XDev. So, those are the studios. So, it, it, it makes sense why there have been really no consistent launch in games this year, in my opinion. And you have to assume the Insomniac is hard at work on making Wolverine now. If not more DLC for Spider-Man 2. Well, the, yeah. So, yeah. Insomniac's the only Sony studio that's, that doesn't seem to be that was t- one of them that wasn't tied up. And you, you have to assume Polyphony's working on the next Gran Turismo. I doubt that's going to be a live service game. Didn't they get shit for their microtransactions in the last game? I don't remember if it was microtransactions. I remember they got shit, but I don't remember if it was for the microtransactions. There was something slimy to do with how you could pay extra money. And then San Diego Studio, you they're the behind the show series. You know, I don't know if you can consider it a sports game or games for service. So Media Molecule, you have to assume they're probably making one. Yeah, how did dreams work out? Yeah, but that wasn't really a Let's sell DLC. No, but I mean, Little Big Planet Dreams, the same thing. Yeah, Dex says uh, pay for cars with cash. I think it was the problem with Gran Turismo. So microtransactions. Yeah, but you're also not going to have. You're not going to have a studio like Housemark doing a live service game. You you don't know that. If they got all their studios making live service games, then they're idiots. Well. I just I and the head twenty three of them. Out. I, I I just said I just mentioned all twenty three of them, and we know up until recently twelve twelve were being made. Now it is you could argue and say that one company one studio is probably doing two of them, but th- that would be which, more which, idiotic. Which, which again that that is asinine. That would be idiotic. <clears throat> so that means you only had ten of your studios, arguably. Working on new Working content. Working on new content. Uh, Saber says, uh, Dreams is awesome, dude. I love playing Dreams. It's one of my child's favorite games. I I don't think Yield or me are saying Dreams is a bad game. No, no. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I could see them turning a game like Dreams into a games for service game. And it wasn't hugely popular. So that's why I'm like, if Media Molecule is working on a live service game, don't necessarily think that's a wise decision. Uh, Matt, you're, you want to make any comments? I said everything I need to on this topic. All right, Alex, any final comments? No, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that Sony would lean so heavily into it. You know, just be smarter. And uh, for, for a company that seems to be smart with money, um, maybe put one foot, one foot in or one toe in and then, you know, ease your way in instead of just kind of Fly, throwing your face at a brick wall. Well, did, didn't Andy say last week, it's like, you do 12 of these and one is successful, you pay for the other 11 failures? I mean, maybe. Maybe they were, it's, maybe they were just trying to find their one success. It's probably and more of a generalization than anything, but we know how much money Sony spends on games, especially when they have The Last of Us or Horizon attached to the game name, so... Honestly, I think for this topic, 
you need a younger gamer to talk about. What do you mean by a younger game? I mean somebody way younger than us. Okay. Because obviously this game's a service is not necessarily geared for us. No, because adults don't have time to do this. It's yes. all for kids getting all, money it, it, from it, their parents to be able to pay for their stuff. Exactly. So walk with me, if you will. I'll walk. I play World of Warships. I played it pretty heavily for a year. This year, kind of started dwindling off the second year. I think this is like the third year I've hardly play it. Okay. I kind of jump. I kind of jump in for my bureaus. I ain't touched the game in over a month. Rocket League. If it wasn't for our Rocket League Thursdays, I'd have been done with Rocket League two years ago. Except for maybe playing when the guys got together. All right, let's play some four-player Rocket League against each other or against the computer. Um, you could make the same argument for me, the division, right? You would, you would uh, consider the division a game uh, service, right? I don't know. Uh, what was the dodgeball game? Uh, knockout, knockout City. Knockout City. Once I got the platinum, I was done. So, for me, I don't. These live service games, one, I'm not your market anyway if I play it because I'm a tightwad. I'll spend a little bit of money here and there. And then after that, when I've had my fun, I'm out. I'm not going to keep coming back. I've never touched Fortnite. So that's what I'm saying. But you also don't have any FOMO either. You're like, if it go, if I get it, I get it. If I don't get it, I don't get it. Exactly. So, you know, World of Warships, I dropped it. It was free. I dropped, I think, 60 bucks once to buy the Arizona, and I ain't dropped an ounce of money since. You know, so it's just. But, I, but I, the question, uh, I'll ask uh, you this, Yield. Is there, do you, do you right. have, I, I know you're a Taiwan, and I know that. Your own words. I'm not calling you out there. No, no, no. Yo, you're 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 exactly right. Uh, I, I'm a self-admitted tightwad. Would you be in a tightwad? Is there stuff in World of Warships that you've wanted, but you just said, you know what, I'm not going to buy it? Or do you look at the game and go, I'd like that, but I don't need it? What what what's your philosophy when you look at stuff like that? There have been ships that I thought were cool, like when they introduced aircraft carriers. They introduced a German aircraft carrier, which I know they never had aircraft carriers anyway, but they dropped that one. I thought, ooh, that looks cool. But I'm like, I don't play it enough to spend that money on it. So and just, it looks cool. And just for reference, how much was it? it? Do you remember? Uh, so it was 20,000 doubloons. I kind of forget what that equates to. I think it may have been like forty bucks for just one ship. Yeah, for just that, one ship. But that's Something insane. Like that Something in that range. But that's why the game's free. That's why they constantly have campaigns every month. That was another reason I I got out of it. I did a couple of campaigns to do the campaign. You have to play every day to make sure you get to to the end of the campaign. But then that took away my time from all my other games. So. Games of service, like Matt said, it's geared. It, it's not geared for the adults who have lives. It, it it and it's not necessarily geared for us gamers who play multiple games because you have to devote so much of your time 
into that season. At least that's how I look at it. So that's why I'm just I'm I'm not a fan of them. Uh, I might play them for a little bit, but once I I've had my fill, I'm done. See, I look at games of service uh, in two ways. One, it's a way for them to constantly generate revenue over the game, and it's also a way for them not to have their game traded into GameStop because people are going to want the game just to keep playing it. And if they keep releasing content for it, some, somebody's not going to trade their game into GameStop because they're going to keep hold on to it. And if they hold on to it, then potentially they can make more money off of microtransactions and stuff like that to keep it going. Oh, it is absolutely an avenue for companies to do that and and to have a steady revenue stream. The problem is too many companies use that as a crutch and make the magical transactions predatory. And it, it's it's kind of like the, the, the comment we were talking about last week with the fatality. Microtransactions are supposed to be that, micro. That's why they got the name. Spend ten dollars. Spend a a seventh of what Mortal Kombat is for one very small aspect of the game, and it people start calling it out as abusive, which it is. There's no reason why a fatality should spend should cost ten dollars. There's no reason horse armor should have been five dollars back in the day. It's it's ridiculous that when you consider DLCs come out for thirty dollars and it adds you know, tens or hundreds of hours to a game. And then, you know, a third of that is something that you may get to show every once in a while because it's a holiday thing. It's the cost of these goods is out of hand and companies need to turn back and go, you know, maybe we should reduce the, the cost and that way we can make it up in volume as opposed to overall margin. All right, so I'll, I'll ask this question before I close out the show. As a group, would we rather see our games come out for $40? Like, let's use Mortal Kombat, for example. Let's just say we're all Mortal Kombat fans. We're all going to play Mortal Kombat. Would we rather Mortal Kombat come out for $40 and then the $10 fatality is more acceptable? Or is the fact that we're paying $70 make the $10 so egregious? The, the, the $10 is egregious because when you consider, again, the portion of the game that that entails, a, a single fatality, I, I argue $10 should get you a number of fatalities. But it's, it's ridiculous when you consider that, you, and I go back to the example last time, MechWarrior Online had a $500 golden skin for the mechs. It it it, it, it ridiculous that whales out there are funding this, making it successful. Look at it this way: we used to get Mortal Kombat with all the characters and everything, uh, you know, in as part of the game that launched, got all the fatalities, everything. Then they figured out they could sell us characters, and now they just sold us a fatality. Where does it end? All right, yield. Yeah, to you, my question. Don't give. They'll give you the base game and then just start selling you individual. They'll just give you a game with a title and then they'll sell you each part. They'll EA it. <laughs> Five dollars to press start. EA will sell you the new uh, racing game, but you have to pay ten dollars to get the tires on the car. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 and then and then and, and then a fee to enter the track. See, I, I think this is all like. 
these free-to-play games, these games for service, I think it comes down to mindset within the gamer because I think I think when you spend, when you don't buy a game, like in Yield's case, like World of Warships was free. And I'm not, uh, again, Yield, I'm not calling you out. I'm just using this for no, example. No, that's fine. When you get a game that's free, I think it's more acceptable to spend $10, $20 on a ship because you're like, I'm getting hours of entertainment. I didn't pay for this. $20 to play this game. That's more acceptable. I think. Well, okay. So, so to, to agree with you, what you were saying, that's what it was when I bought, when I bought doubloons, which I think I had to drop 60 bucks because there wasn't a denomination to where I could get enough. I had to buy more doubloons of what I needed for the areas. Okay. Another tactic. Yeah. So I paid 60 bucks for doubloons so I could get the Arizona. I, and I wanted that as being a World War II kind of military warship guy. I wanted that ship in my fleet. Okay. I spent 60 bucks on that. I got the game for free. So in my mind, I concluded that I just now paid 60 bucks for the game that, I've en- that I'm enjoying. Right, which made it more so, acceptable to you. It did, yes. Now... Everything above that, I haven't. But I've also gotten a lot of doubloon ships because I do their doubloon bleaks. And like I said, I'm a tightwad. So, uh, but you, you're you're right. I when, when I, I just think it's more acceptable because I, I think if if you tell somebody you got to pay seventy dollars for the game and then you try to sell a microtransaction for ten, twenty, thirty dollars, I think. It starts to get ridiculous. Yeah, you you going. Well, well, why wasn't this included in the first game? And and I, before I let you go, yield. Look at Rocket League. Well, be, before most of us, most of us got it for free. See how much how much money have we dumped in the Rocket League since then? That's true, but see, like in Mortal Kombat's case, okay, that's ridiculous. Th- well, this is ten bucks for a fatality. Th- this is what irritates me is because before Mortal Kombat One was even released. We got an announcement about the five or six DLC characters that are coming in the first pack, which tells me they intentionally held them back. Yep. So I now I'm not going to go so far to say like, okay, they just released uh, Spider-Man 2. I'm not going to go far to say, look, listen, they don't have DLC plans ahead of time because obviously that's part of the game development and the marketing and stuff like that. But if they'd come out before before Spider-Man 2 came out and said, okay, we're going to sell you a DLC pack that's going to give you, I, I don't know, the Sinister Six. And just for record, that's not a spoiler or anything. I just, that makes me upset because it's like, okay, that could have been a part of the game, but you're intentionally holding it back just to make more money. And Mortal Kombat did that. They're like, the, the game's not released yet, but we have six DLC characters that you get to pay, you know, twenty, thirty, forty dollars for. That kind of stuff irritates me. But like God of War Ragnarok came out, there's never been talk of DLC, and now just now we're getting rumors that maybe we're getting DLC. But the first God of War twenty eighteen never got DLC. The only thing we got was a new game plus. So, I I think, I think when it comes to DLC and microtransactions and stuff like that, you have to market it better. You can't come out and say, well, we have this and this is coming because that tells me you could have put it in the game and you held it back just to make it a few extra dollars. All right. 
wrapping up the show because we're over two hours now. Uh, let's do some shout outs. Alex, we'll start with you, sir. Give a shout out to the listeners, the, the fans, the fuel to the fire that is trophy yours. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to go off. Our community, thank you all very much for your continued support of us. Um, the show, it would be nothing without you also. Thank you for interacting with us, you know, posting in the, in the group, um, watching a stream, uh, submitting questions like Daryl and um, Thomas. Thomas. Oh, sorry, TD. And V. And V. And and V, yeah. Well, we thank V for a thousand things. Um, but yes, thank you to V as well. Everyone who makes up our community, you all are awesome. It's the entire reason that we can say very proudly that we're soon to make it to episode six hundred. Give a shout out to Tricky and to Yield and to Matt for recording with me tonight. And uh, lastly, give a shout out to my loving and awesome girlfriend Ashley. I love you, hon. Um, yeah, that's gonna wrap me up. Uh Thomas says he watches for Maticon. Thank you, Thomas. Thank I'm God happy Maticon's to help. Maticon's here. Not really. Wouldn't I mean, it be hilarious if Maticon was Matt's like evil, like alter ego, and he did like all his crimes then as Maticon? E- evil twin brother. I'm playing the long game. Just waiting another couple of years. All right. Well, don't be long with your shout. I I, en- I enjoy the long game. Don't be long with your shout outs, Matt. Thank you to the community, especially Thomas, evidently. Um, thank you, Alex, Yield, Tricky. Thank you to the Channel 3 community for stopping by. Appreciate everybody. Come on over to Channel 3 and uh, have some fun talking games. Yield, your shout-out, sir. Uh, shout-out to everybody who was hanging out in the Twitch chat tonight. Uh, shout-out to Alex, Matt, and Tricky for recording this evening. Uh, shout out to Nitro for his Deep Rock Galactic Platinum. Uh, shout out to Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. And uh, Nitro, Tricky, JT, and Homer for helping with the multiplayer. Uh, shout out to Homer, who has a birthday this week. And uh, shout out to Prepare to Die Your Scum, Homer. And the Brain 76 for our co-op Fridays. And as always, shout out to the Pimps and the Madams of the Hordom. Thank you for interacting with us, listening to the show, playing games with us, all that good stuff. You guys are awesome. And I want to give a shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to Matt, Alex, and Yield for showing up. Uh, we are three episodes away from episode 600. Be sure to send in your emails, voicemails, whatever, and so we can focus them on the show. Um, right now the plan is I'm going to quiz my three co-hosts on their Sony knowledge. So I hope that, no, this will, so I hope this won't be very good. <laughs> uh, well, I will tell you, uh, if episode five, did we do the top 25 list on five or five fifty? I don't remember. It's been so long. Well, ago. if that frustrated you, this is probably going to frustrate you more, but it did. It did. It didn't. That one didn't frustrate me. Well, it, the results kind of frustrated you, I should say. Oh, well, yeah, because I never agree with mainstream anyway. Um, but if that frustrated you, this is probably going to frustrate you. But I have good news. I have prizes for you boys. So, uh, uh, Well, I'm already claiming dead last, so yay. I, I, I think this actually be good for you. I think you'll, you'll, you'll really? do very well. Really? All right. Maybe I'll surprise myself. But I... Uh, my expectations are low, though. My bar is really. He got low us ascending. The, he got us PlayStation Plus subscriptions 
<laughs> no. Uh, but thank you, everybody. And until next week, happy trophy hunting. He, he's, he's upgrading us to, to uh, premium. Later. That's what I'm going to say to PlayStation Plus. Later. <laughs> this is the way. song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash Even Philippines. <laughs> <laughs>